yeah, like as soon as it as soon as it called you, it started doing that Skype ring shit in my ear, and it was incredibly loud. Yeah, that's always a good gauge of how your volume is doing. Yeah, it's a good fucking wake up call. I mean, I was obviously already up, but mm-hmm. it had my strict attention now. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> So another week. Yep. Another week of life. Yep. Gone. <laughs> Earlier I thought of something, you know, to open up and I, I it wasn't a question, but I was gonna tell you something. But I didn't write it down, so I have no idea what it was anymore. Well, that's just and you're the note taker between us I am. two. What I what actually is, was writing down stuff earlier too, but for some reason I didn't write that down. Is this your way of telling the audience you're you're about to quit the podcast? Is that what this is? No. You just don't do you just don't care and you're just like, oh, I'm not gonna take notes anymore. Nah. I just said I wrote down a bunch of shit. And then you and then you lost that too. I forgot to write down one thing. My bad. <laughs> yep. Yep. That sounds like quitting material to me. <laughs> I just want to say for no particular reason other than I'm I'm just happening to look at it as it's on my wall. Mm-hmm. I fucking love Mega Man games, man. You don't say. I really I really do love Mega Man. And it's so crazy because it's an anti it's anti everything that people like about games these days. Mega Man as a concept is something that people don't particularly care for when you talk about it as a whole because Aside from the offshoot titles, Mega Man is a lot of repetition. It is a lot of the same shit. It's the same shit with a new face. It's the same shit with new words and new names. And I don't know why, but I love that about Mega Man. I always have. I'm trying to think of other... What other franchises can you think of just just off the top of your head that pretty much repetition, they just do the same thing? Um, and do it well, in your opinion. Let's see. I mean, I guess you could say Mario used to do it, yeah. but... that That's what I was going to say originally, but I was trying to think of something other than Mario, because Mario is a lot of the same, but they also change it up each time, yeah. at least a little bit. You do have the repetition, but I wouldn't say it's as repetitive as Mega Man. Yeah, um, you have to, you have to keep in mind like what type of game it is too, because yeah. like you if Assassin's if, if, Creed, yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, and it, it apparent. I'm um, now in my opinion, it only took two games for me to say I'm good, but that's a big franchise. Lots mm-hmm. of people fawn over that and want every new game. And from what I hear from most people that have played almost all the titles, it's pretty much all the same. Yeah, I mean, it's very similar until you get to the oddities, you know, like Black Flag was, where they yeah. introduced ship stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. But for the most part, when you're not on the ship, you're still running around, stabbing people, and trying to be stealthy and failing. Yeah. And, you know, going back to Mario, mm-hmm. you can say that Mario does a lot of the same because of the type of game that it offers generally when you're talking about mario titles you're always talking about platformers right it the fact that it went from 2d on the nes and the snes and it went to 3d on the 64 the 2d to 3d is not the jump that i'm concerned about like i mean Mega Man did that in a way they they had Mega Man legends they went to 3d now granted they also went 
almost a genre difference as well right. because it went pseudo RPG. Yes. But if you look at the core of Mega Man games, Mega Man 1 through 6, Mega Man X through X6, etc., they it's jump and shoot man. Mm-hmm. And Mario predominantly is run and jump man. Uh maybe maybe Zelda? Maybe, but I don't know. It seems uh, like they've yeah. they've also went diff they've also had differences. Look at Zelda and Zelda 2. I mean, that's well, way different. But I mean, that not- was really early on though, but since then, yeah. I mean, you still got that core. I mean, really uh Breath of the Wild was the biggest jump they've made. Oh yeah. And probably since 1 to 2. Yeah. I was uh, a <clears throat> And I don't mind plugging them because I did one of my main subscribe podcasts. I was listening to two best friends talk about mm-hmm. uh, genres and differences in genres. And I mean, I hate to sound like I'm stealing their topic. I'm really not. It really got me thinking, too. And I mean, me and Adam have talked about this before. And I'd like to talk about it with me and Chris, too. I mean, genres today, that genres are more like flavoring today. That 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 is directly stealing from them. They, they said that... Uh, RPG is not a genre anymore. RPG is like a seasoning. <laughs> and I I kind of agree that with almost all the genres. I mean, you most games you get today have a big mixture. You know, they have you can almost pick aspects from from main genres and put them together. It's not just because the it, a game that comes out and has multiple facets of genres that's not that's that's like commonplace now. Mm-hmm. You know, Back in our early days of gaming, that wasn't a thing. You know, you had a puzzle game and you had an RPG and you had an action game. Now, whether it was side scrolling action, vertical action, like shooting, uh, shmup action. Well, shmup was his own category. Like mm-hmm. the the style of the RPG didn't really matter. They you still got them. They were still lumped together. <clears throat> but yeah. today, almost almost every game you get is a mixture of stuff and if you think about it we kind of that's why we have more derivative uh genres like jrpg that's a specific style typically more traditional old school rpg Mm -hmm. um where typically when i hear that i don't think of you know a modern rpg with all the other genres mixed in it's more of a traditional right top down RPG, you don't have the action like Final Fantasy has gone to, mm-hmm. uh, or these. Other, I mean, there will be puzzles, and I'm sure, but I'm trying mm-hmm. to think of something else that they typically cross over. You don't typically have like shooting, uh, right? So yeah, I, I think, and I'm not actually familiar with any of what the derivatives may be of the other genres, but JRPG is a big one for me since you know RPGs are the bulk of yeah. what I play. Um, hello everyone and welcome to the end of time. I'm Michael. I'm Chris. And I like here's another example. We should just you, you should gather around, guys and gals. Gather around in the Michael and Chris conversation. Get in get involved in this shit. Uh another example. What would you uh and you gotta forgive me, Chris, if I mm-hmm. ask you this twenty thousand times in our <laughs> in our fucking life relationship, I'm I just bad at remembering things. How many mass effects have you played? All of them? You played and Andromeda. Yes. Okay. So, what would you classify Mass Effect as? Uh, open world RPG. Mm-hmm. Maybe action see, RPG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And see, that's what I mean. When you 
it's it's so hard. We as people, as a society, are and have always been. We want the least the least past of resistance. If you are passing somebody in the street that's playing a game, you say, "Hey, what kind of game is that?" You want them to be able to go RPG or action or shmup. But when you say Mass Effect. I think a lot of people will gravitate toward RPG. A mm-hmm. lot of people will. And that's and that's of, of course that's it's well warranted to be an RPG. It has a it has a long thought out developed storyline. It has character development within that storyline. It has stats and progression and growth and a leveling system. And so yeah, there are lots of RPG stats uh, or or uh, lots of RPG elements in it. But there's action over the shoulder shooting combat that grant that gives you the experience and the leveling and all that. So, but it's not a first person shooter because it's an over the shoulder uh, perspective, and it's not just a shooter because there's talking and there's action. Uh, what what else? What else could be in here? Not really. You couldn't really say real time strategy. You couldn't say sports. I mean, there's there uh, there are obvious genres that are gonna that are gonna right. have snippets taken out. I mean, you, there's there's nothing. A Final Fantasy X is not a sports game because it has Blitzball in it, <laughs> but it has a sports aspect to it. It's just yeah. not the forefront. But uh, what's a, what's another one? What's another one? Assassin's Creed. Mm-hmm. What would you consider Assassin's Creed? Um, I would. I would say just a- a- action. Yeah, it's, maybe open world action. Yeah, open world action. It, but it's, see, it's worth a, calling it RPG. But it, yeah, really, if you define RPG, and we did this before, it really is. It's just not what we traditionally think of as an right. RPG. Right. There, there, there used to be. I always sound feel so fucking old when I say this shit, but back in my day, it used to be when a game came out, you could, I think it, I want to say it started probably around maybe the PlayStation, maybe the pre-PlayStation era, that that you could have a game and you could pretty much label it. Mm-hmm. If you had a game that had maybe aspects of other genres in it, that was kind of, oh, well, cool. But like uh, an example... Excuse me, I got the hiccups and burps. I'm so very sorry. I had dinner before I came here. Uh, an example that we brought up last uh, episode was uh, Act Razor. Or if it wasn't mm-hmm. last, it was before last. I don't it was remember. Last but one. yeah. So Act Razor, now granted, in, in the population's eyes, uh, Act Razor was kind of a niche title, but mm-hmm. it had side scrolling action. Uh, I don't think it had leveling. I don't remember it having leveling, but it, but it also had an overworld uh, godlike simulator attached to it. Right. That was a kind of a one-off, you know. When you compare that title at the time to say Sonic Three, I mean that's that's a side-scrolling platformer. There's mm-hmm. obvious tenets not in Sonic Three. There's no sports in Sonic Three. There's no real-time strategy in Sonic Three. There's no RPG in Sonic 3. Yes, there's there's story in Sonic 3, but it's so I mean, minimal. Yeah. It's so minimal, it's a... it's a Whatever. By the literal definition of the word story, sure. But really? Yeah. Eh. Right. When you play 
uh, Mass Effect. It's yeah. you're going to have a good time with the action. I'm not going to take away from that. Mm-hmm. You're you're going to have a good time upgrading weapons and finding, you know, finding new weapons out in the world, finding new armor out in the world, upgrading yourself, uh manipulating your stats as you level up to to go where you want, you know, to to level up what attributes you want to level up and then using all of that in battle with with, you know, pseudo cover and using your psionics and, you know, you're going to have a good time doing all that. But I'm willing to bet money that when you ask people what they went, maybe what not so much what they went to Mass Effect 4, but what they kept going back for, I'm willing to bet money it was a story. Yeah. Because the story is so well, it's in it's rich and, and thorough, and it has fucking tendrils all over the place within itself. Right. Branching and whatnot. Now, Assassin's Creed, while it also has a lot of story, it, it, the, every game has its own dedicated story, and mm-hmm. like it or not, all the games have an overarching story. Right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bet when you ask people what they went back to Assassin's Creed for, it was probably the action. It was probably that climbing and the the moving through the crowds and assassinating people, yeah. or or uh, you know. Uh, uh, Piloting a fucking pirate ship, <laughs> sailing a, a pirate ship in naval warfare battles, mm. and on a couple of them, you know that gameplay is mm. the multiplayer that people kept going back for because they didn't have multiplayer in the last one, but mm-hmm. or last two, I think. But yeah. before that, multiplayer wasn't bad. I think yeah. it just wasn't enough of a uh, community around it. But I mean, it wasn't bad multiplayer. I, I laugh in a respectful way when I hear. Uh, either when I read articles or I, I see videos from anybody, IGN, Easy Allies, Giant Bomb, anybody out there that picks up a game to review it and they give that synopsis at the beginning. You know, Assassin's Creed is a is a action-based bit of an RPG, and they have to list off like the 14 different <laughs> things it's involved with. And I'm like, man, I feel for you. I because I remember what it was like back in the day when here's Super Mario RPG. It is an RPG. Well, wait a minute. You said it's Super Mario. Hey, I know. Hold on. The game is an RPG. Yeah. Well, it's not platforming. It's kind of got some jumping in there. You do actually manipulate through the world and you do jump on things, but there is a large engrossing story in Mario RPG with characters and character okay. development and stats and etc. etc. Exactly. It is an RPG. Oh man. It the the, the times aren't what and, and I think I think just also go you, you kind of have to ask yourself is is this better for the gaming world or or is it bad for the gaming world? Me? I take it just the way fucking MMOs do it. MMOs today, compared to what they used to be, that they have grown and expanded. But a lot of there are people out there, there are naysayers that like to point fingers at MMOs, going like, example, Final Fantasy fourteen. Oh, Final Fantasy fourteen just took this idea from this MMO and this idea from mm-hmm. that MMO and took a lot from World of Warcraft and took they took the best of what worked. Man, I'm fine with that. Yeah. You know, I'm fine with that in the MMO sense. I'm definitely fine with it in the gaming sense. Mm-hmm. That should be a no-brainer, Chris, because I know people like me, and you sit around and go, man, what, okay, here's an example. What would happen if you took a racing game? Uh, I don't care. Hold on. You take a racing game, and you put, like, RPG elements into it. Uh, oh, okay. 
okay, go on. Well, imagine putting like a deep actual story to the thing. Think Fast and the Furious story, but way more believable and way more exciting because you're controlling it. Okay. Yeah, what the Boom. crew fell out, felt out. Egg- yeah, exactly. <laughs> Boom. There you go. Now you've got Need for Speed Hot Pursuit or some shit like that, you know? You know, Need for Speed games actually started getting more story to them. Yeah. And it wasn't terrible. Now, it wasn't, you know, RPG style story right. as in, you know, stats and whatnot other than your car, which are you now going to argue that the car is your character, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to call it an RPG, but... Yeah, they're getting more and more story behind even the traditional racing games. Uh, I don't think Forza has done it. I don't know. I don't think the main ones have, but Need for Speed, which I think they have a new game coming out soon. So I'm curious Mm -hmm. to see where they're going with that. Uh, I know at least they've gotten some story in theirs. And it just shows that even if, for whatever reason, you, you have two different markets. This is me talking completely out of my ass. I'm not a game developer, but you have two different broad markets. If you are a game company developing a racing game, mm-hmm. you're going to have the core racing audience. These are the right. people that follow the cars. They're they're either mechanics by nature or they follow mechanics and it's their hobby. They enjoy it. They play these games because they know the cars, they know the mechanics, they know the engines, they know the body styles, they follow this shit, and they love your realistic ac- uh, aspect. They love your realism that you bring to this game. Mm-hmm. The people you're trying to get are people like me, who don't play racing games, who are into it. That's when you start bringing other aspects into it, where you make the game believable, or not believable, but appealing to the non-racing audience. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, and and then, then we have people like you and me personally who are trying to bring video games to non-gamers. And it's <laughs> like we there, there's so much bringing more people in that goes into making multiple genres and enveloping all different aspects. Now, what you could say is, well, there's... Maybe there's game genres you couldn't mix together. Okay, show me one. Well, you wouldn't want to put platforming with a racing game or platforming with cars. And I would say, Blaster Master says, shut your mouth. <laughs> Blaster I Master mean, wasn't racing, but he was in a vehicle. He was okay. driving around. It was platforming. Talking about mixing Stunt racing. Race had it. Mixing <laughs> racing and, you know, sports with other things in general. All I've got to say to you is Rocket League. Bingo. Bingo. That is that yeah, there is you could pretty much say racing. And even if you want to take the racing aspect out of it, the fact that you are predominantly either in or controlling a vehicle. Mm-hmm. And then they mix that with fucking soccer. Yeah. If that that's something that people would sit around in a on a fucking lunch break shoving fucking KFC in their face. Or you know what? It'd be silly if we mix fucking car driving and like sports. I'm playing soccer with cars and somebody goes that's a fucking million dollar idea <laughs> and it became a fucking million dollar idea it is pretty amazing yeah how that just blew up yes and it, i i heard mm-hmm. about it and i was like okay that's interesting could be a fun little you know uh just a little side casual game to play every now and then you know to chill a good chill game that's what i was trying mm-hmm. to think of good chill yeah. game man now there's esports leagues around it yes it is still going 
strong. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're saying that now, recording this in fucking March of 2018, but uh, that game was released. Well, I can hear you typing. I'm doing the same. Do, do the July whole July 7th, 2015. Almost three years now. Almost three years ago. And it was, this game did not like kind of scoot up and then this shit blew up mm-hmm. immediately and is still going. Just like Chris said, there, there are... There are official leagues for this game they're still hype for this game they're still pl- i personally know friends that are still playing i can go over their house right now and i guarantee you they're playing it so as far as me if anybody wants to know i don't play rocket league it's i respect that game for the popularity it has but i'm not a car guy i mean I, and i know that's not what the game is i'm also not a soccer guy and i know that's not strictly what the game is but okay. I, i've seen it it's not really been my thing eh. So, but wow, it's 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 up there. Apparently, this isn't the first game. This is a sequel. Uh, what? The first game looks identical, but oh. it was released in 1998. Or no, sorry, 2008. Okay. Supersonic acrobatic rocket powered battle cars. Doesn't oh. roll off the tongue oh, like Rocket no. League does. Octopath Traveler, I got you. But, and it was on PS3. But, huh. I'll, I'll I'll take that, but I never heard about that game. I haven't heard anybody no. playing that game. I've heard about Rocket League. But it is no literally way. identical. I mean, huh. sure, upgraded graphics now because it's not PS3. And the mechanics may be slightly different, but there was like a campaign in it and everything. Huh. You know, speaking of games that are bouncing on and off the radar, so last year, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds was a thing. Mm-hmm. And I think it finally got released at the end of the year. And it's, yes. I mean, it's, it's, it's still popular ish, I guess, but apparently. Apparently, Fortnite is either slowly approaching or is overtaking that lead um, by popularity and whatnot. Now, I think the Twitch community is. I think the Twitch mm-hmm. community has transitioned over, but I think mm-hmm. overall, I, I don't know. It, that might be that close. might be what it is. You, I know you have your finger more on the Twitch pulse than I do, mm. but. Uh, I, I if I'm not mistaken, I believe Fortnite is coming out to the to the Switch sometime soon. So that that would that, not surprise me. That that yeah, isn't it amazing how like it, it it's coming out on the Switch? Oh shit, that's going back in the limelight. I'm like, yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the Switch, and this will be relevant later. But man, the Switch. Jesus, so many. So many genuine gamer customers want so many games ported to mm-hmm. what? To the Switch. Why? Well, mainly for portability, apparently, but name a fucking popular title and they want it brought over. I want Bloodborne brought to the PC just because it's convenient for me. A lot of people want you insert a game here brought to the Switch because I guess for the same thing, it's it's convenient. They want the portability. Yeah, that's it's crazy, man. There's, there's like a we're getting fucking Dark Souls 
on the <laughs> Nintendo Switch. There's a fucking ami- amiibo for this shit now. What what world? I we we cannot get Bloodborne on the PC, and I know why. That's that's it's a silly argument, mm-hmm. but we're getting fucking Bloodborne on a Nintendo console on the Nintendo Switch, and it's gonna have a fucking amiibo with it. It's gonna have good old Sunbro on there. Are you kidding me? Hmm. Oh man, I <laughs> I wanted for the longest time for Sony and Fox to to fucking make amends and and all release all the Marvel joy that I like. But more than that, and I'm glad we're we're pretty much getting that. But more than that, I really wish I really wish I could get Bloodborne on the PC. I really do. <laughs> I swear to God, the day that they announced Bloodborne for the Switch. I'm done. I'm, well, I, actually, I don't have to be done. I have a switch, so it'll be okay. But <laughs> oh man. So you know what? Yeah. There's another game right there, Chris. What would you classify Dark Souls as? Um. Let's talk about all the attributes that Dark Souls has. It is an action game. It is a mm-hmm. combat action game. Yeah. yeah. It is an RPG. It has a very, very cryptic, but all there and very deep and detailed storyline. Character there progression. Is, there is character progression. There is level progression. There are, you could damn near say there are Metroidvania aspects to it. There's... Uh, there's RPG elements of stats and level building and stat distribution, armor upgrades, weapon upgrades, and upgrading system. As in, you have wep- upgraded weapons and you can upgrade the weapons. Uh, yeah, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of things. That, but see, when you ask people about Dark Souls and the Souls games, period, they they tend to waver either between a combat action or an RPG. But it's got it's got a lot of both in it. Not, I mean, kind of platforming in in a sense. Your jumping isn't really like a primary thing that you do, but you can. It's there. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking of Blight Town in particular, where you don't jump. God. You really fall a lot, but you yeah. fall on platforms. So. I hate that. Again, there are obvious things you wouldn't classify Dark Souls as. It's not a sports game. It's not a racing simulator. It's not a life simulator. God help us if it is. <laughs> uh, it's, you know. But the the point I was getting at earlier, what this is all tying to in my, in my mind, what I was trying to get at was, if you're a naysayer and you don't like having fucking strawberries in your oatmeal, then that that's fine. That's on you. I like strawberries in my oatmeal. And I like when companies say, you know what, we're going to just piecemeal shit that works for other games and we're going to make it our own. Now, when it's blatantly a fucking ripoff, I'm thinking of Dragon's Dogma, how that was a blatant fucking ripoff of Dark Souls and Demon Souls. That I can understand you being upset about. That I can get. When it's, say, Darksiders, which took a lot of aspects from a lot of different games and just crammed it together in a box... I mean, I, I like even if it did, whether that game did or did not succeed in your eyes is a moot point to me. What matters to me is that the company tried that. You know, I like companies that are that are fanning themselves out, add shit to your games. You know, the look, a lot of games have really been doing this internally for a long time. Look at uh, look at Chrono Trigger when it when it came out. 
That said, you know what? We we, we kind of like the active time battle system. It's pretty cool. Uh, we like having gauges. That's that's pretty cool. Uh, but we don't like the random battle thing. Let's have the let's have the enemies out on the screen where you can mm-hmm. you can dodge them if you want to, or you can attack them. Um, let let's have something where the characters uh, they can interact with each other in battle and they can combine skills and whatnot. You know, that's some games have been doing it for a while, but a lot of companies these days are getting better and better at it. They're being ambitious as to what they're allowing into their game, and mm-hmm. I think it's great. The more that other game, the the more that games do this that I don't play and gra- it grabs my interest. That's how more, that's how more enjoyable I I get with these. Look at look at sports games. You can buy like most. I think uh like the Madden games and the bas and like basketball games. They have like actual story in them. You know, you can take like a kid from fucking high school and bring him all the way through you know his his high school yeah, career the his col- ones. Co- yeah his college career uh what was another what was another type of game that did that uh like wrestling games pro wrestling games mm-hmm. do that they have it like you can you could just basically make your you're just the fucking joe that goes through a camp and yeah they tries have, to uh, make it up the ranks of wwe or wwf yeah and wwe 2k i think 16 started it uh, mm-hmm. They have uh, my career mode, which you just create a wrestler and, you know, assign their base stats. And then uh, as events happen, as you make decisions, it kind of, you know, determines whether you have a uh, face or heel character and, you know, what their storylines are. The yeah. I haven't played the newer ones because I'm still working on the older ones, but it it's not as fleshed out as it could be, but it's certainly but trying. Yeah, it's certainly there and another option other than just let's create a random match, you know, and play whatever yeah. characters. Yeah. I'm, I'm all about it, man. The more, the more these genres come together and become blurred. I, I get that it makes it hard to sell the games. I get that it makes it hard to describe the games to people, you know, especially if it's, if it's, if it's a gamer, you know, you, you, you have, you have a fairly large amount of time to describe a game and it's hard to just come out and just say, this is an RPG or whatever. I get that. Mm-hmm. But if it's if it's somebody who plays video games and they play them semi regularly, you can sit down with them and take about five minutes and just describe the game to them. If it's a non gamer, might not even be an issue at all. But if you're trying to sell the game and you think they have a surface level understanding of what games are, I get that that would be complicated or not complicated. It would be difficult to go. Oh, it's a, it's a platform, but it's not uh, just a platform. It also has. I, I get that. All that don't it doesn't matter to me one bit. I, I I embrace I embrace companies, you know, trying these things. I think I I would imagine that the the biggest venue for this would probably be Steam, with all the with all the user created games. Just oh, yeah. I I feel like you find that all the all over the place. Like hey, we're just we're just trying shit and seeing what sticks to the wall. Mm-hmm. You know. And it's always funny when you go to look at the user inputted keywords for a game too. Mm-hmm. You know, not only do you have the traditional genre, but there's entirely random things that may only apply to like two games. Yeah. But it's another term that people are trying to use to describe it, but nobody else knows what they're talking about because it applies to, like I said, like two games. Yeah. I think, that, you know, 
<clears throat> if we're being realistic, I guess there are some genres that do that do still stand the test of time. That are still sports is one of them. Like you can you could obviously tell a sports game. You know, MotoGP 2017. That is a racing. That is a motorcycle racing game. That's a, that's basically a sports game. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, FIFA 2018. It's gonna be a sports game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Project Gotham Racing. I've never played that. I hope it's a racing <laughs> game, but it's a racing game. <clears throat> so that's just some random thoughts I had. I just I love I love our mind path. It started out with me just gobbling about fucking Mega Man for a second and talking about <laughs> genres as a whole. This is what the podcast is about, Chris. Just thinking and talking about games. Yeah. The, the, the theory of gaming. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, what'd you do? What'd you do this week, man? So, before I get to know what we know we're going to talk about, <laughs> um, uh, I actually didn't play any other games. Okay. I, as you're aware, I've sent out some messages about starting a D&D group. Yeah. Um, which actually got more responses than I thought, but, you know, some people are seem more interested than others, so I'm trying to gauge that and figure it out. But I think right now, without counting myself, I'm up to, I think I said, six people that responded. All right, well, you yeah. said more than three, so that's plenty. Yeah. Um, and I'm actually... Uh, I don't know if I talked to you about this yet, and I think I was just going to save it uh, for the podcast. But I'm actually thinking of dividing it into two groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because some of the players are experienced, you know, not maybe not with 5e, which is what I'm planning on playing, but with, you know, 2.5 or 3 or 3.5. I think there's a 3.5. Uh, yeah. The older ones, which is still experienced. I mean, sure, you have to learn a new system, but they're going to be not so drastic changes in reality um yeah. sort of but not really but um and then there's also people that haven't played at all uh now i'll, I'll say this before mm-hmm. you continue it th- cause this is your baby and you should play this however you want to and i would love to get feedback from the audience as well on their opinions but from what i've gathered from the few people that i've talked to about D at length most of them revolve around three being the quintessential version. A lot of naysays about the old ones for obvious reason and lots of naysayers about the new ones. But I have always heard that version three was the way to go. Why is that? Have you researched the different versions and what was there? Was there a decision process on why you pick five over the other ones or? Well, I looked into 2.5 a long time ago, and mm-hmm. there were a lot of things I don't like about the system. Mm-hmm. I'm not as familiar with 3 at all. Yeah. Uh, basically, most of the stuff I watched was other systems or a heavily modified version of like 2.5, mm-hmm. um, taking out some of the issues like I talk about, um, adding things in you know, that they wanted to have. I mean, it's the core of homebrew yeah but i think 5e is overall a much simpler version of D. right now D, you still have complexities to it of course there's so yeah. many aspects to it it's impossible to remove them all but it leaves a lot of 
it 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 let me think of how to say this it simplifies where it should and it leaves the more complex stuff open interpretation and gm discretion so they specifically say you know here's the core of what we want you to do in the situation or how this rule works for these parts of it it will be up to your gm's discretion yeah and that's that's it which is good they're yeah. purposely not adding more and more and more and more details to some of the rules to make it easier now that is a double edged sword you know because you do have some situations where you're like well what should I do? And then you have to kind of research what other people are doing, maybe other GMs yeah. or DMs are doing to kind of get an idea of what you probably should be doing. Um, because we talked about it a little bit, I think it was last week about, you know, balance. D and D something that traditionally is fairly balanced, you mm-hmm. know, especially I was talking about now they have, and I don't know if this existed in the old ones, but it does in the new ones. I have all the books right now or most of the books. And there are actually like tables for, how much experience should a character earn in a day? It even mentions, okay, a typical day of adventuring for a character will involve, you know, probably three short rests, mm-hmm. you know, and they'll earn this much experience in a day. You know, it, it's whether that's RP or combat or whatever you decide, but that's roughly the amount of progression they expect for a story. Um, the encounter tables so you can help put a formula in and determine if your fight you're throwing your characters into is too overpowered or not strong enough. Mm-hmm. It gives a lot of good DM and player materials to work with, I think. Okay. I mean, I'm. it's, I don't have any huge issues with it, which is one of the reasons I don't see any reason to go back to one of the others. Um, especially because most of my other experience was 2.5. If I played 2.5, I'd be heavily modifying it, I'm sure. Yeah. So it's just overall easier. Um, well, like I said, I'd definitely like to get some some audience feedback. I'm I'm sure somebody out there in the audience has played uh, D&D, hopefully at length, and hopefully with many versions. I'd love to hear your feedbacks on what version you think to play. Uh just you know, just I'm sure you have, and for whatever reason you picked this version for your own, but just want to make sure you're picking the best version that you think is right for you and the people that you're going to be playing with, and you know, ease of accessibility and versatility when you're playing it and all that. I've always heard all those great things were balanced perfectly around around three. Well, and I can't I can't exactly remember all the reasons why I've heard about five or five E mm-hmm. being bad. I think the main ones revolved around simplicity, like over simplicity. Yeah. Uh, I I I wish Adam was on here. He'd have a he'd have a better scope than me because he's he's played the different versions. But okay. yeah, usually simplicity is what I remember like over simplifying the game. Yeah. One thing I haven't looked into um, is Pathfinder. Hmm. And that's based on 3.5. So. Wait, you're talking about the movie? No. Uh, it's a. <laughs> oh, my God. Got him. Um, Got him. A lot of people went from D&D to Pathfinder and have gone from Pathfinder to 5E. Hmm. So. Wow. Apparently, I mean, that's what a Critical Role, one of the shows I watched, they apparently played Pathfinder before 5E came out. 
And when Five E came out, they transitioned over using you know they their same characters and story, just modifying it to fit the rules. Mm-hmm. No, it is still quite a bit of a homebrew, uh, but that's just because they had more fun with it, you know. Yeah. Um, they, they, and as far as I know, they like Five E. Uh, I think the hardest part was remembering that things, certain things, didn't exist in 5e that existed in pathfinder but that's you know an issue you have when you go from system to system yeah but i heard lots of stuff about people playing pathfinder instead of uh D, you know traditionally because mm-hmm. it was a much better system i don't know why like i said i haven't played it I haven't really looked into it i haven't watched anyone that was actually playing it that's but fine. i don't i don't know well Back to back to where you were going before I derailed your topic. So you you got around six people, and you're thinking about splitting it up into two groups. Go. Yeah. So based on the one one group being the experienced players, and the other one being the completely or it's been a while or you know uncomfortable with jumping straight in group uh, of new players, and then as the new players get more comfortable, then you know working them into a story that the experienced players are on. So it basically be oh, okay. two it campaigns be in the same world. Groups. Yeah, I mean, okay. unless that's what they wanted. You know, I'm not. I was going to say I would. I, I would think that people that are experienced should they shouldn't have too huge of a problem working in new people eventually. I mean, yeah. that's that, I would think that that comes part of the core for playing D and D. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, there are different levels of new though. There's new as in, I've watched some D&D. I have a basic understanding of it. And, you know, I know how mechanics work. And new, I don't know what to do. I know there's rolling dice involved. Yeah. So, and it's, yes, I I think everybody on my list of interested, you know, parties would be okay with it. I just, I'd like to ease them. It'd give more one-on-one time to, you know, a smaller group, easier to take the time and, explain things and work things out and yeah uh if something has to be retconned it doesn't impact you know everybody and it's not this big deal and you know these discussions for new players aren't necessarily impacting the experienced players as much not that they would mind or you know would quit over it or something like that but just i feel more comfortable and i think that make the newer players feel more comfortable in the long run is D and is it okay? Let, let's mm-hmm. pose the scenario. Let's okay. say you got two groups. You got three and three. Mm-hmm. The inexperienced three, you are baby stepping them through a a, a a progression of story, progressing them through their level of advancement. Let's say random fucking numbers. They get to level within four months. They make the, all these three characters up to like level four. You got the experienced group that are fucking plowing through story and they made it up to levels eight, nine and 10 around there per mm-hmm. when you bring the, the, the newbies up into the party with the new guys, how does, is D and D flexible enough to work with that? Like, are, are you going to walk into a cave and the three that are, that are level four are going to fucking get slapped? And <laughs> like, are they, can they even party together? Like, how is that going to work when you do bring them together? So combining, if there's a discrepancy like that, you know, like four levels in between, there'd probably be some jumping of the levels of the newer players. Yeah. Um, you don't want there to be a huge spread. Mm-hmm. Um, some spreads. Okay. 
It also depends on if you play sessions that don't have everybody in it. Yeah. Um, the handbook talks about this a little bit where, you know, players that aren't there don't get experience. So if three people are there all the time and one person only shows up occasionally, they're going to lag behind, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. And the encounter formula accounts for that. You know, you have, uh, you. it's based on how many characters or players of each level you have. Mm-hmm. You know, you have this overall number you meet. Um, you still want to, of course, be careful with it because they, if the enemy could one-shot the lower-level person or the lowest-level person in the party, and they're not, you know, a squishy-by-nature wizard or something, for example, yeah. Yeah. then you want to adjust accordingly. But typically, what I would probably do is just jump levels, let yeah. them increase automatically, kind of get them uh, at least a level below or if not on par, depending on the experience yeah. party's levels. That's going to see that's going to be challenging, too, because as you as you level up in D&D, you have your your palette grows. Right. You know, the, the if you're if you're a mage, the types of spells and the level variety of spells mm-hmm. you can use grows. So. You bring a car- a mage up level one, level two, level three. They kind of got the gist of it. You jump up to level nine. They're like, wait a minute. How do I use four yeah. levels of magic I've never even heard of before? They don't even know the versatility that they have, you know? And I think it'll be, it'll be a challenge, man. I think part of that would be resolved by the newer players not playing the more complicated classes. Mm-hmm. Like maybe you don't play a mage, which I, I'm not going to say that mage is one of the more complicated because. At certain points, it's really not. It is more when you get into the uh, additional features of a class. Level three is one of the major turning points for a class. Yeah. Level three is when things really change for you, and you get your first uh, your first set of extra abilities, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And you get to pick, you know, a rogue, whether they're a uh, uh, assassin type rogue or they're a thief type rogue or they're uh, I'm trying to think if the other one's part of thief or not but there's a, a trickster thief I think is what it's called where they use a little bit of magic mm-hmm. so you have these different classes or subclasses so to speak within your classes you get to choose and that happens as far as I know across the board at level 3 so once you're to that point there's not a whole lot that changes. Yeah. Uh, mages, like you said, they do get different with their different spells and whatnot. Um, but you don't gain, you don't gain higher level spells that fast. Yeah. Like a, a level, I, I think on critical role where I'm watching, they're up to like 12 to 14 range. The highest level spell they have is seven. So they've only gained, gone through seven different tiers of spells in 14 levels. Yeah. I think it goes up to nine, actually. It caps at nine, I think. Um, So there's not huge jumps. Sure, going from like three to ten would be. But if you're only going a couple levels, you probably only have a little bit to learn. And, you know, from the the story and the lore aspect of this as well, it would actually be kind of cool to have, you know, they the these two parties meet in a tavern or by happenstance it's like oh yeah we 
we've been look we took it there was this lich in the in this other town we had to go fight and there was this beholder in this other town and you're the newbie guys are like yeah we kind of fought like rats and <laughs> we kind of fought like very low level goblins like yeah. a lich you guys fought a lich and they get to share stories and whatnot yeah i threw around the idea of you know the newer players are like trainees at a mercenary uh uh guild or whatever mm-hmm. and then you know the players are out the experienced players are out doing their thing not necessarily affiliated affiliated with the mercenary guild but then they you know need some extra help or something and then they go in these uh new players have proven themselves a little bit you know they killed the rats they killed the goblins and they've killed maybe something a little bit stronger and now they're ready for you know a big adventure they're ready yeah. to you know prove their worth test their metal and join up with the experienced players on whatever quest or mission they're on. Well, so what progress have you made so far? Have you just you just gotten the, the amount of people and debating on whether or not you want to split them up? Like, what do you what do you you got a, a timeline and when you think you might start playing? Or um, like I said, some people seem more interested than others. So that's mm-hmm. kind of what I've been trying to do is gauge interest. I created a Discord group, which you still haven't joined. I know. Um, yeah, I need to do that. <laughs> Uh, and you know, oh, trying well, to get, hold on in yep. my defense, you, I, I got the message from you when I was on my phone ah. and then I had to install discord on my phone and then I had to go work. So yeah, <laughs> I was in the process. It's all good. Process. Um, I also am trying to get everybody familiar with roll 20 so that, you know, that's, uh, you know, how we're going to play mm-hmm. and, only two people so far have actually opened up the app and logged into the game I linked. Um, so I think probably, I don't know if I'll start tomorrow or not because we'll be doing some other stuff this weekend, but I mean, I'll be around for people that have questions, but I think maybe starting Monday, I'm actually going to send out messages saying, Hey, at this time we're going to have a, you know, character building slash roll 20 introduction slash whatever questions you have about D&D or what you want to do or anything like that, you know, open discussions to further the thing Um, and go from there. I've start, I kind of, I've, I want to do world building on it, but I'm kind of also wanting to know what people want to do more, what kind of characters they want to build and stuff and try to build around that a little bit. Yeah, uh, which your world, your world building, building is going to be a fucking rabbit hole. You know, as soon as you start, you're going to fucking fly and make all these stories and then come to find out only two people are actually interested. in. <laughs> well, and I do have a world map or at least, you know, the uh, current world map. Mm-hmm. Uh, there may be lands that are outside of it. And I purposely blocked out everything around the major land masses you know, to make it, it's unknown what's out there, yeah. uh, unexplored. I think it's not just deep ocean. Don't know what's there. Are uh, you leaving the room for DLC, Chris? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, but it's also one of the interesting things, like I'm doing world building <laughs> for the game I run for the kids. Mm-hmm. I actually started Googling planet sizes and, st- and stuff because I'm like, how far should my stuff be apart? It's like, shouldn't things be, you know, X amount of time to travel? So then I had to go back to the uh, DM handbook and go, okay, what's the travel time of players and horses and stuff per day? How long yeah. how, how long do I want it to be in between traveling? Okay, I don't really have enough space for that. 
So mm-hmm. I actually ended up where I changed the scale of my map. So it went from being like, say, the size of the United States to the size of Pluto. Yeah. So I, I increased the scale of the world so I could add more points of interest, make them further apart, and leave room for growth, you know, as I need it. Um, and I only have a handful of things on there anyway. Um, but so I, I'm doing a little bit of world building, but once we get to talking about characters, I actually be able to uh, add things in that would interest the characters yeah. that the players make. Cool. You know, where'd they come from? What are their goals? Try to build that in. And I think that's one of the reasons Critical Role is so successful is almost everything ties into a character's backstory somehow. Right. Um, they went to this place. Are A lot of the places they've gone to are homes of the characters. They are places the characters need to go for accomplishing their personal mission in life Mm. you know Mm. these other things that they're doing as a group are on top of that they're additional they're things that they've stumbled upon or gotten involved in because of all the other things they've done and it just evolves from there into this flowing story and a lot of it's matt mercer he's awesome as a dm but (laughs) it's the concept as a whole is something that shouldn't be you know out of this world impossible to do it's it obviously can be done and be done very well. And I'm tr- kind of trying to lean on that approach more because uh, I think it makes it more enjoyable for the players. Well, hopefully it all works out. Hopefully you have, I think right now the biggest thing is going to be interest. And I don't mean that as in like, is D&D interesting? It's seeing how people are as far as scheduling how interested they generally are you know it's the same for doing a fucking raid in mmo like i need to know are you into this do you want to do it you want to do it more than a couple times is this going to be something you're going to be able to dedicate to yeah uh i think getting that think the big formal question right off the bat that's going to help determine that with these people and mean as included is Here's the availability, or what is your availability? Yeah, that's the roughest part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, how flexible are you with the availability? And then, yeah, that's unfortunately, even as interested as people are going to be, that that can make or break somebody from doing something. Mm-hmm. So it's, we all got bills to pay. We all got family to hang out with. And yeah. Yeah, we all got podcasts to record, so. Everybody on my but, list is an adult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, cool, man. I hope it. I hope. I uh, hope you hear good things from it. And uh, yeah. Yep. Cheers. So that was pretty much all I've been doing uh, as far as game wise. Like I said, I've been watching Critical Role still, and it's funny. And the, oh, this is what I was going to say when we started. Uh, it's funny how after you get so familiar with ways of speech and stuff after a certain amount of time. To where it's no longer an issue, you know, whether it's accents or uh, rate of speech or something like that. Because I had, and I got thinking about this because I mentioned before where I'm watching Critical Role at 1.25 speed. Uh huh. Because they're super long. It's like four yeah. hours each episode. And yeah. my God, there's probably 200 by now because I said there were 141 episodes. That's only mm-hmm. campaign one. Right. 
So I'm not even right. in campaign two yet. I'm on, uh, let's see, episode 60, 65. Mm-hmm. It's video 71 of 141 in this playlist for campaign one. Yeah. Yeah. And my God, it's so long. But I actually yesterday put it up to 1.5. <laughs> I talked about before that's way too fast, but I've been listening at 1.25 for so long that I actually go back and go, did it disable my fast forward? Because it sounds really slow. Oh, but now wow. I've put on 1.5, no problem listening. It's just like when I went wow. to 1.25. That's actually good to know that uh, that you that you possibly can progress it like that. Yeah, because I've done that as well. Like I put I put uh, put Giant Bombs podcast on 1.5 one day, and I was like, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a bit much. That's a bit much, and brought it down to 1.25. And yeah, I was like, okay, faster, and it yeah. saves some time. So yeah, maybe over time I could do the same thing as well. I'll tell you right now, honestly, I haven't. I'm not religious on that. To tell you the truth, I've never really done it strictly. I've, I've tried it back in the day when I got an audiobook. I had the entirety of the Dark Tower uh, saga from, mm-hmm. from Stephen King, and. I I didn't have an MP3 player at the time that could do it, so I had to go in and manually re-record, like re-digitize the audio <laughs> files, and I just became a pain in the ass. But yeah. now, I mean, shit, any media player on your computer does it. Almost every MP3 player known to man has some type of speed variation, including shuffle and repeat and random and all that shit, so... Yeah, that's actually good to know because, good God, if I don't have anything, I have content to to ingest in my in my life. Yeah. So, before we talk about Persona Five, do you have any other games to talk about? Uh, yeah, I like the way okay. we're doing this. Just for Persona Five, <laughs> uh, let me talk about anything else in my week that I can think of. Right. Um, I don't really have anything game related specifically. Uh, the wife and I went out to a local game store. Game, sorry, I just went through puberty again. Uh, <laughs> wife and I went to a local game store, and I, I just I picked up a bunch of not a bunch, but about four or five, I think six, uh, 3ds titles because there's been a lot released over time that I've just completely forgot about and yeah. have not bought. I got uh, Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga has been kind of remade for the 3DS. It has that pseudo 3D aspect to it, <clears throat> and I got that one. Uh, I got this all came about because the last Nintendo Direct that came out had uh, Mario and Luigi's uh, the Bowser's Inside Story is getting a 3D a pseudo 3D remake, and it's coming out for the 3DS. And I was like, wait a minute. I think I think there's another game that did that, and yeah, I completely fucking forgot and never bought the uh, Partners in Time one. Did that, so I went to go pick that one up, and then while I was there, I was like, oh yeah, then the the, uh, the the Metroid game, Samus Returns. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need I should get that one, and there was like three or there was like five or six actually, but there was three Kirby games that I wanted that I I never <laughs> bought. I was like, well, I gotta gotta fucking buy these two. And then I got uh, I got Ocarina of Time 3D because that's, that's on my 15 wall, and I've never played the 3D remake, but I've seen gameplay footage, and it looks so fucking good. And I figured, well, if I'm buying that one, I might as well fucking buy Majora's Mask because mm-hmm. I've never played that, and if I'm ever going to play it, I sure have it on a portable system. Um, you know, all these games I'm talking about, of course, are going to be released on the Switch. So these these fucking purchases <laughs> are going to be—they're not going to mean a damn thing soon. But yeah, 
I, I I've just been trying to now that I can semi sort of kind of afford games for like the third time in my life. I've been trying to build up whatever libraries I haven't been able to build up. I kind of got some PlayStation 3 games here and there, kind of got some PlayStation 4 games, and now I got some 3DS games to build up as well. Still small library. I think total I've got like maybe 12 or 13 3DS games, if if and including uh, but Link Between Worlds, which came with this edition. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it felt pretty good. It's It's nice. It feels pretty good to go out and actually buy some games, especially when they're ones that I know I've wanted and never got around to. Yeah. As far as games, games, that's pretty much it because I've only been playing one. Um, <laughs> I do have this very super serial important uh, military test that I'm taking next Friday. So I've been okay. really been doing a lot of book work for that during the week. And I will be studying tonight as well as every free chance I get. I've been, I've been doing a pretty good pattern of studying and then once the work is done and the studying is done, I go play. So I've been having a good mixture of, of time for study and play. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything else. I fixed my vacuum cleaner, so there's that. <laughs> I figured talk about what? I mean, hey, man. Oh, look not, at you, I, Mr. Handyman. I am. I am the fucking handyman in my house. You have no idea. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, YouTube. You know what? Actually, let me take that back because this this time... I went to go troubleshoot this thing myself mm-hmm. and tried six or seven things and then said, well, none of that's working. And then went to go look up a YouTube video. Couldn't find one specifically for what my problem was. Went back to just figuring out on my own and then I figured out and fixed it. So <laughs> yeah, it's you- nice. It's nice when you can fix your own shit and don't have to drop money on something else. Yeah. YouTube is a great resource too. The, yeah. the, the fucking the fucking internet as a whole. But yeah. yes, yes, YouTube, because it's like, here's your problem with your car, your specific problem with mm-hmm. your specific car. Here is a step-by-step instruction and visual guide on how to fix what your problem is. Yep. Here's a list of every tools you're going to need. Here's a list of every, every like, oil or liquid or whatever the fuck thing you need to put in your vehicle to go with it. Any sealant you need. Here's everything you're going to need. Here's how to do it. It's like, yeah. Yeah. People think I'm a badass. I'm just a YouTube me- <laughs> I'm just a YouTube mechanic, bro. I really am. Yeah. I, I am a monkey. I can watch a screen and go and then ape it. That's what I, <laughs> that's what I do. The only thing uh, just pseudo pseudo off topic the only mm-hmm. thing in my house to date that i i have not fixed myself and it's out of sh- sheer fucking laziness is my washing machine i have a issue with my washing machine where from what my research has shown i know exactly what it is there's like a bearing underneath the tub of the washing machine mm-hmm. that when it goes out it it sounds like a fucking airplane is taking yep. off in your in your house. So you know what I'm talking about. Mine had the same issue. When I moved, mm-hmm. I actually left my washer and dryer in the apartment I moved out of because the one we're moving Fuck into, that. first off, had one. And I was like, I don't want to deal with it. Mm-hmm. I don't even want to carry it out of the apartment because I was on a second story apartment. Uh-huh. And my God, that washing machine is heavy. So yeah. when I move into a place that doesn't have one, I'll just buy a new one. I'll just upgrade because yep. we wanted to anyway. Mm-hmm. So good opportunity to just... Let them deal with it. Now, here's the thing about this. Mm-hmm. I, <coughs> excuse me, 
I've researched it. I've matched up the sounds, and I've gone through a few videos to determine that yes, this is the spe- is, this is the specific problem. And I have watched a couple videos on how to fix this problem. This is a process. Mm-hmm. This is like a two to four hour process at the at, at the at the minimum. I, I would imagine from what I'm reading, yeah, uh, watching. Like I watched a video of a guy going step by step on taking the a fucking washing machine apart just to get to this thing that's bad, mm-hmm. and it was he's going through these steps at like lightning speed. He's like, remove these four <laughs> bolts here, push this over here, push this, push this in, remove these bolts here, turn this. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, you just went through five seconds, but that's like twenty minutes of work you just described. Yeah, and. There, I mean, you basically have to almost disassemble your entire fucking washing machine to get this, just to get to the part, and then you have to f- replace the part, and then put it all back together, and blah, 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 blah. So, I am a lazy fuck. <laughs> uh, this, this, it's not broken, and I'm sure maybe in time it will officially finally kick the, kick the bucket, but it's still working. And my wife both, me and my wife both kind of joke about it every time it comes on. We're like, the fucking airplane's taking off again. Yeah, that's the thing we said. So I'm either, uh, I got three choices. I can either pay somebody else to do it, Mm -hmm. which that's already going to cost a few hundred bucks. I can do it myself, which is not going to cost so much. It's not going to cost as much money monetarily, but it's going to cost me a lot of time and a lot of, I mean, I, I could fuck it up. I could do shit backwards. I could get fucking parts. I, I'm not. I work on airplanes. I should be able to do this. <laughs> I can do it, but it's a lot of fucking work to do this. Yeah. Or three, just say fuck it, and eventually just buy a new washing machine anyway. Which my dryer works fine. So mm-hmm. really, all I need is a washing machine. Yeah, dryers is, typically are the better of the two. Right. This is and I and I've never had this before either. Of all the washing machines I have personally owned in my life, I've never had one happen like this. So technically, since I've never had to actually buy like my own washing machine, this is a first and I can deal with that. <laughs> <laughs> Plus I could pick a bigger capacity if I wanted to. Yeah. Not, we'll see. We'll see. Just one of these days I know I'm gonna put a fucking load in there and it's just gonna go whoa, 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 <laughs> bam. Well, now I have to. Yeah. <laughs> Until then, I'm gonna ride this shit out. D- do you know about how long your washing machine ran like that? Oh, I. It's been like that for a very, very long like, time. We're talking years. Yeah. 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 At least. At least three, if not up Jeez. to five. <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah, done not, it for a I'm very not, long time. I'm not too horribly concerned about it. I'll tell you what I am, and I I don't mean to make this the fucking house chore podcast <laughs> time, but I'm really starting to fucking whine and complain and kick my fucking feet like a two-year-old kid because the fucking grass is starting to grow around my house. Mm-hmm. It's, that, it's starting to be that fucking time of year down here, apparently, even though it's been 40 fucking degrees in the morning this this whole week. Grass is starting to grow, which means I'm going to have to start fucking mowing the lawn. And I'm like, man, I'm just, I'm not ready for this yet. Like, I'm not, I'm not ready. I'm going to fucking have to. I'll tell you this. I don't mow grass anymore. I pay Mm -hmm. other people to do it. Now, that's what I'm waiting on. 
Mm -hmm. I'm so close to being able to do that. Like my wife and I have a couple things of debt we're trying to pay off or I'm hoping to get like my full time military job, you know, my art job. Once I can actually comfortably afford dropping, you know, 60 fucking dollars a Mo session. Oh, I'm totally doing it. I've I've told her, period. That's something I will fucking drop. I'll drop my cell phone if I have to. I don't care. I'm I'm too got, old and I'm too tired of mowing my lawn and I do like it. Do not get me wrong. As compared to when I was a kid, you couldn't. My dad had to fucking put a gun to my head to get me to mow. I fucking hated mowing. These days, you know, I put a fucking MP3 player in my in you know headphones in my ear. I put a podcast on, and the time goes by. It's not the actual act of mowing the lawn that I can't stand, Chris. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that it takes me an hour and a half to two hours of my life. Yes. That's what I don't time. like. There's no, it's not the physical. I'm not fucking tired when I get done mowing my lawn. Even on a hot day, I'm not coming in complaining because I'm sweating. You know, it's 112 degrees outside. I know I'm going to be sweating. It's when I leave my house at, you know, 6 o'clock and I walk back in at 7.45 and go... It's fucking hour and forty five minutes of my life gone. Yep, that's that's fucking time. That is time off of my fucking day off of time of my I don't have to work time. Yeah, so we actually had this guy that walked around just knocking everybody's door. You know, at least once he do. He wouldn't like come by day, every other day and say, "Hey, you, you change your mind or anything." He asked mm-hmm. once, and um, he would mow the front and backyard for twenty bucks. Didn't matter how long it took him, nothing like that. This was a dude who, and his girlfriend, wife, baby's mama, whatever she was, would occasionally accompany him, and it was obvious he was doing it because of her. Um, So whatever money he could make, he was happy with. He was using this rickety lawnmower. Uh, He actually one day was like, knocked on my door, and I was prepared to pay him because, you know, I thought he was done. Uh And he's like, my lawnmower just broke down, so I'm going to have to go figure something out and then come back about finish it like okay <laughs> sure um and when i'm i actually had bought a lawnmower a push mower to be mm-hmm. clear i bought a push mower because these are smaller yards so you don't need a riding yeah. uh riding wouldn't necessarily work in most of them uh, yeah but i was like uh i bought the push mower and then he had come around shortly after that with his own, own lawnmower so i was like i don't really need mine so <laughs> when after he'd been doing it for a while, when he started having those issues with his lawnmower, I was like, hey, do you want you want another lawnmower? He's like, huh? So I, <laughs> I gave him my only been used like once push mower. Oh, that wow. dude was so happy. Oh, I bet. I bet. And I still paid him for, you know, his 20 bucks for mowing, but gave him the lawnmower so he could uh, keep doing what he was doing because he, he worked hard. He'd be out there for however long it took him, sweating and whatnot, you know, mm-hmm. never complained once. Did he by. do Did he do the weed eating as well or just the mowing? Or did you even uh, need weed eating? Didn't really need it in that place. Ah, I gotcha, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't think he ever did. I think he asked me once if I wanted him to, and I was like, I don't, it doesn't need it. Because uh, he got close enough, and the way the yard and, you know, the stuff was set up, it really wasn't necessary. Yeah. That I my lawnmower broke late last year, and I had to buy another one. And my thought process was literally: I could buy a rod. I could have bought a riding lawnmower, mm-hmm. but with the money that I was going to spend with a riding lawnmower, I I saved it and instead bought a push. 
and I only spent the money on the push lawnmower because I, I, I did the math in my head and said, okay, if I had to pay somebody to mow my yard for, say, two years, I'm going to be spending close to $600 anyway. I'll just spend $300 by a push, and then when it comes time for somebody to start mowing the lawn, I won't, I won't spend any money. <laughs> like, that is the whole somebody else is going to be mowing my fucking lawn went directly into my thought process when I was purchasing a mower and how much I was going to spend on a mower. And you went expensive on it, too. I didn't go that yeah. high. <laughs> mine yeah, I, mine I, was I, like... A hundred bucks, maybe 120, no, something my, like that. It mine was self propelled. That's what it was. I, I specifically wanted a self propelled one. I think I had yeah. one that was the pseudo propelled. Yeah. You had to get yeah. it starting and it would kind of cruise with you. So it made yeah. it a little bit easier, but yeah, it wasn't the fully self propelled. Yeah. So yeah, uh, home chores podcast just <laughs> yeah eventually we're gonna have eventually we're gonna have somebody to mow our lawns too and i can man i can't fucking wait it is great it's it's somebody else to mow it they do all the fucking detail work they do all the weed eating they trim your fucking your the edges of your carport and shit for you you don't fucking even get out your house you just yep. pay them and some of them, from what I'm seeing, they're getting fucking, it's a fucking lawn care services, and man, and they're getting integrated. Yeah. Like, yeah, we have a fucking app. You just open the app up and have your address and shit tailored in here, and either two things, either one, we will come by every two weeks, or you just push the button that says, I need mowing, and it automatically <laughs> takes money out of your paycheck, or man, out of your checking account, and pays yeah. us, and we come mow. I'm like, yeah, okay. I'm living the fucking high life now, man. So, really stretching my brain here. I don't think I did anything else this week. Uh, I guess it's time, man. Start that uh, Persona 5 music now. Before we get into the details Mm -hmm. and specifics, number one, for our audience, spoiler warning for Persona 5. We may do something... Maybe in another episode, it would be horribly after the fact and probably a lot of regurgitation, <laughs> but we may do some type of thing like a Persona 5 review, like spoiler free or something. But unfortunately, Chris and I are both are fairly well into this game and talking about non-spoilers is kind of not impossible, but very difficult for us at this point. So yeah, uh, you all have been warned. We will be talking about Persona 5 for about three minutes. <laughs> so no, <laughs> no we, we will be talking about Persona Five for a length of time, and it will be spoilers all around. So you've been warned. Point two, Chris. Without spoiling for me, where are you in the story? Done. You have beat the game. I've beat the game, and I'm roughly uh, thirteen hours into my new game plus. Gotcha. All right. For me, mm-hmm. I am about three or four days before uh, Shiro's deadline and I am in his palace right now and yeah that that's where I am that's the uh, uh, same one you were on last time right I think so I may not have started his yet uh, oh I, I think you yeah I think you hadn't said you started it yet I'm saying his name right. Shiro, the bald guy with the with the yellow glasses. The he's his palace is the cruise ship. Oh, okay, never mind. You are okay. Sorry, you hadn't done the casino yet last time. Right now, you're there you go. past yeah, yeah. that. 
I'm past the casino oh, okay. and I'm now on the I'm now on the ship. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I want to talk about something. Okay. That I, I feel either I'm just fucking retarded, or maybe I'm thinking about it too much, or and that that may be what it is. Maybe I'm just overthinking it. But so there was a uh, there was a oh shit moment fast approaching when that casino level started to finish mm-hmm. there was the oh this is this is where the beginning of the game started this yep. is where the intro level shit picked up yep shit's about to go down because pieces are going to start coming together and you're going to start seeing where this went and what happened and confusion is not the correct word (laughs) maybe lack of elation is a better phrase Mm -hmm. i felt that i there were moments in there were out dude i was waiting every fucking day and every scene that went by they kept edging you toward that shit they kept edging you toward the the big reveal or the big what the fuck happened you know uh and I was waiting for it all. Every time the day would finish, I go, "Oh, come on! What happened? Want to know?" Yeah. And then when they revealed it all, I kept going, "Huh?" Like, okay, let's start from the top. So, what is his name? The detective. The kid. Yeah. Uh, a catchy. Akechi. Okay, so Akechi was the bad guy mm-hmm. all along. Okay, can totally see that. You could have anybody could have seen that a mile away. And I'm not saying that as somebody who I'm not tr- I'm not trying to be the guy that's like I knew that. You could kind of see that he was a bad guy. Now they did a pretty good job up until that palace of not making it out so making him so diabolical. I'll give you that. But whenever, if you either, whether, if you caught it at the beginning of the game, when that cop pushes you to the ground, he said, bitch, you got sold out. Somebody on your own team. Mm -hmm. I forgot that. But even if you forget it, they replay that scene for you again. And the cop throws you down and says, you've been sold out by one, by either somebody on your team or somebody, you know, or something. And immediately when that came back in my head, my mind started racing. Okay, it was somebody I know. It was a confidant. It was somebody on my team or somebody close to me that was a confidant or maybe some NPC. It was fucking Shiro the whole time. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Shojiro. I knew it. Yeah. I knew it. I was right. So it comes to reveal that it's a catchy. And I said, okay, okay. Why? They kind of give you reasons why. They, get, they, they play one scene uh, after the fact. When he's on that interview, he's in the interview on that show, and he's like, yeah, you know, I wanted people to notice me back in the day. I wanted people to, you know, uh, I wanted to be the center of attention for people, and now people will be, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, all right, so he's he he's motivated by his past. Okay. All right. How far all right. how far on the cruise ship are you? I am, okay, you know how on the cruise ship you have to find the five people? Yeah. I found two. Okay. Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm not. There, I'm not. There's more on the cruise ship that will help this along, mm-hmm. um, and talk more about his motivations. Okay. Um, it does come together 
and the spoiler that made me think he wasn't a bad guy hasn't happened yet for you. Okay. okay. So when that happened, I was like, oh, was the spoiler wrong? No, the spoiler was much later in the game. Yeah. Then it was described. Okay. All right. So let me encapsulate Akechi and put him to the side. Mm-hmm. So so the idea was he was the bad guy. He was mm-hmm. the guy that tra- he, he traitored you, if I'm yes. using uh, Mad Max terminology. He traitored you. And it's, okay. So how does he do it? Well, one, uh, Morgana had caught something that he said back way back then and it was actually something that you could have caught. Yes. That was a direct scene that happened with you. Now, Morgana stopping the scene right then and going, hey, he just said some shit that's fucked up. You didn't see that. They gave you that down the road after the casino scene. So all you could have caught was him saying something that he didn't know anything about. Mm -hmm. And if you as a person went, "Mm, that seems odd then maybe you could have had the fortitude to keep that along and always keep in the back of your head. What you didn't know was that Morgana and some of your teammates already, they were already on that shit. They were already yeah. behind behind the scenes making some shit play out. I said, okay, that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, my fault for not either catching it or catching it and blowing it off to the point where I forgot about it. I'll, I'll take that. Then you progress further. Okay, so what did they do to stop this? So, Futaba Mm -hmm. basically put a... This is where it starts getting confusing for me. She put something on his phone, and I did like the way that she did it. She acted like it was, yo, this is a new model of phone, and blah, blah, blah. And she put something on his phone. What did she put on his phone? Essentially a bug. Okay, put a a bug bug locator Oh, that's right. That's yes. That's how they caught the conversation that they kept playing over and over. Was so maybe we'll, I'll just have him kill him. It'll look like he mm-hmm. killed himself. Okay, yeah. Okay, I didn't. I didn't not understand that. I just forgot about that. Um. So where where it is confusing for me mm-hmm. at the beginning of the game, you are in the casino, mm-hmm. and you may or may not understand what's going on. But as you pro- as you progress through the game, you understand, and it is very well defined, that the palace type areas are not seen by people. Let me see if I can let me see if I can explain this correctly. So if if me and Chris are phantom thieves, mm-hmm. and we are here in our in my house. We can say something if we're in the if the if a palace is near us. We can say keywords that will unlock a palace, and we will be thrown into that palace area. Unless the person of that palace sees us as a threat, we're not going to change uniforms. Right. If they do, then we will change uniforms. Mm-hmm. But that that palace area seems like it's another world that you can enter completely it's the metaverse yes yeah the meta there thank you thank you very much so the metaverse Mm -hmm. we can enter the metaverse almost anywhere and there will be anywhere that looks like it'll be places that looks just like here but a palace is the thing that is changed and morphed so Mm -hmm. i understood the rules of if i see joker in his fucking uniform 
he is in the metaverse. He has his mask on, his coat, his gloves. Mm -hmm. He is in the metaverse. That's one. Number two, he stops and fights people. They actually give you control to where you fight a demon in the metaverse. Number three, this is where I'm getting confused. Okay. He leaves the casino and he does his trickery, his really cool, awesome, stylish maneuvers away from people. Goes up the ladder, goes, oh shit, the guy butt strokes him in the face, he mm -hmm. falls to the ground, he gets captured. He's still in his mask. He's still in his uniform. Okay, what the game tells you then is that this whole time it was still the universe, yes. it was still the metaverse, and it had a catchy uh, fool. A catchy didn't know that he was still in the universe. So not the whole time so Akechi brought our you know brought them in the police force into the metaverse and that's where you're uh, that's where you're arrested or whatever and right, then right. He, he they bring so you that means that means I'm sorry I'm just so mm -hmm. that means he had to tell people police officers who were not part of the metaverse that didn't know anything about the they, they couldn't be a phantom thief he, in the real world, had to go to real world police officers and say, hey, I'm about to bring you to this place called the Metaverse. You're going to follow with me and you're going to come into this otherworldly place. And they said, okay. And he brought a lot of people with him. So they may not have, keep in mind, a couple of things about this. First off, they might have been fully aware that they were even crossing this border at first. Uh, or even at all, depending on, well... Aside from seeing the casino, that would be kind of the trigger for going, this is different. But yeah, aside from seeing the see casino, I mean? then maybe not. Maybe they came in not knowing what was going on. But the other part is, even if that's true, they were all bought off, Yeah. essentially. It didn't really matter. They were in, you know, what's-his-name pocket, Shiro's pocket anyway. So yeah. even if it's like, okay, hey, you're going to go do this thing. We're paying you. You don't like it you're fired or you know something like that so go along with this mm -hmm. so ultimately it didn't matter if they knew about it didn't know if they cared about it they're bought you know dirty cops or whatever saving their job whatever justification you want to give them for going along with it that mm -hmm. i can understand that um so but then you leave the metaverse so at some point after you're arrested they flip back um, which is never really clear on how you go from metaverse back. You right. kind of phase in, but how do you phase out? Uh, right. I mean, you right. just hit the app, basically. So, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, so they bring them out and then go to the real police station in the real world. And, um, and, all that starts going down, and it's not until the uh, lady detective is leaving with a phone thing that triggers the app to going to bringing him over. Yeah, that was. That's the transition point. That's another confusing thing for me that, I, that I'm also not getting. So, if Joker was captured. Mm -hmm. There were physical people there that had physical hands on his physical body yes. and hauled his ass under detainment, under view of other people, and in, 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 a, in a secure environment, hauled him away. Mm -hmm. Akechi comes in, 
does the kill thing joker dies oh no that's no way and then it comes to show that joker's still alive mm-hmm. because he was there the whole, because he was he was actually in the real world and the metaverse was here the whole time so is it that actual people brought him into the jail maybe you know what maybe that's what it is maybe when sh- she made when she triggered the phone Akechi went into the room, but when it was the he, metaverse. When they, he went in the metaverse instead. Yes. Okay, Joker okay. was in the real world the whole time. Gotcha. Then when the whole until they triggered the phone. Yes. Ah, okay. Which okay. apparently, if you choose the wrong dialogue options, that's one of the bad endings. Oh yeah. Yeah. He doesn't go oh, into no. the metaverse. Um, oh, I didn't no. watch it. I don't know if I have a save point that far back, but I'll probably do it on my new game plus just to see it. Uh, uh-huh. Because I wanted, of course, the good ending. Or technically, it's called the true ending. Because there is a oh, yeah. good ending you can get. That's not the yeah, true I ending. Yeah, there's multiple endings. Um, yeah. But they also count your game over screen as a bad ending. Oh, what? So it's like, okay, <laughs> okay. really? Um, and I don't know if that, you know, not making that choice is a bad ending. Like, it just says game over. Or if it actually has a you know, plays out the snar, which I imagine it would. It just <laughs> wouldn't be in the metaverse um, mm-hmm. and end up with the, you know, shot and that's it. Yeah. Uh, so it's, I mean, it, it overall makes sense to me. Yeah, I just, I felt like I was so anticipating all the aha moments. I was waiting for all the gears to come into place and all the, the fucking things to click. And I kept having so many internal questions. I was like, "Wait, this isn't this doesn't work that way, does it? <laughs> Wait, what am I what am I getting wrong? This can't happen this way." Uh, again, the biggest the biggest key from 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 even back when I was thinking about it was I think we actually talked about this on a couple earlier episodes was that I want to know how Joker was in a palace and then had real life people show up and take him yeah. off because that. That that opens up a whole lot of other yep. questions, and we actually discussed those questions. So now, as I was going, as this event was taking place at a fever pitch, I was thinking, man, I, I need to know, I need to know what it. And it was like, oh yeah, we did that. We just brought people in. And I was like, oh, come on, man, it can't be that fucking easy. And they're like, yeah, it was that easy. Yeah, I mean, if uh, if you think about it, every, almost every time they introduced a new character, they were nearby and got pulled in. Or something like that, yeah. you know, especially yeah. early on. So it's not like it's unprecedented or unheard of. I'm I'm sad to say that with that being such a uh, a big event and monumental <gasps> oh shit thing that I was wanting it to be, the only aha moment that I got was when I saw Futaba do the phone thing. I was mm-hmm. like, that's that little fucker. <laughs> I got, that was really smart. I like how you did that. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I've totally romanced her, by the way. She's my girlfriend now. So, she, by the way, you can romance more than one person. Um, I've heard that you can, but I heard somebody in Giant Bomb drop a hint. No, 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 not Giant Bomb. Um, uh, Super, Super Butter Buns, I think is her name. <laughs> I forget. She's, she's a YouTube personality. Okay. And she was going over some general tips, and she's like, by the way, don't romance more than one girl. Number one, because that's a shitty thing to do. But two, I forget what she's like. Something bad can happen. And I was like, I'm not going to risk that. I'll just take I'll just take my one girl. Thank you. So I did it at the very end with the second person. I uh-huh. uh, I romanced the doctor early on. But then at the within the last uh, little bit of it, I finished maxing out uh, 
the reporter chick. Um, only because she was the only one there at that point. She was already ranked nine or whatever, or eight. And then I had the back-to-back things to get her up to nine and then ten. Uh-huh. Um, so I finished the game with her and the doctor both at ten romanced. And there's really only one scene, because I did it in that order, that uh, it had any impact because there were two. And it's pretty yeah. funny. I think it's actually <laughs> worth saving. Uh uh, do, yeah, waiting and doing time. it near the end and then saving yeah. so you just have to basically watch the cutscene that's different um, yeah. but on my new game plus playthrough I'm already I'm almost to July and I already have two of them romanced so I'm Jesus. I'm gonna I'm, my goal is to do everybody you seven timing horror yeah <laughs> so, that, that's one of my objectives because it says you need to max them out for a trophy so does that mean you know just a nine or does it need to be 10 you know what's the trophies i don't know yeah. so I, I but i just find it hilarious um i'm sure there and i think something i read i was trying to read up on it before i actually did it i think something i read said you may have some scenes where they both show up and you have to kind of talk your way out of it mm-hmm. but the one essentially at the very end of the game is the only one where it is a direct forced conflict but it ultimately doesn't matter um let me ask you chris yeah so, I, I'm no, bro. I still love this game. Mm-hmm. This is still like this is still like eight point five nine out of ten for me. Still, even with me having all this like, oh, what with the catchy shit, is the is the ending area and well not ending area, but is the ending story resolution shit, is it better than the catchy stuff? Is is the ending good to this game? I think I thought it was pretty cool. Um, I was drained by the end of this game. Really? Um, when, <laughs> by the time I got, so I beat it with 97 hours. Oh my and God. I would say only maybe four hours, maybe four or five hours of that were because of the hard mode at the beginning before I transitioned over to normal. Uh, yeah. I probably could have saved four to five hours. So this is essentially a 90 to 95 hour game for me on normal. You, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know you, and that, but that's no idle time at all. Yeah. I literally went back to the title screen when I was done playing. I'd leave my PS4 on, but I went to the title screen every time to make sure my time was accurate as possible. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I have bathroom breaks. I guess that's technically out of time, but that's, you know, a couple minutes here and there. Uh, but I was so ready for the game to be over because you know you have to get the mementos resolution. That's one of the things that's unresolved. Yeah, um, man, that's, that's another question I got for you, but keep going. And, and they do resolve that. That part of the game literally had me turn the game off on Saturday. I was so annoyed with it because um, just so you're aware going into it, when you start dealing with the mementos resolution, the save points are really, really, really far away. Like an hour in away. I'm curb stomping shit right now, so it don't matter. Um, I'll make it. I'll make it through. I'll talk about that in a second. But I, uh, I literally died twice in that part and lost probably an hour and a half, two hours worth of play. Oh my god! Don't say that. Oh, it was it so frustrating. And one of them was ones that insta death moves. Oh man! So I, I literally ran through with Joker, not changing his persona. Jesus! I would not change it because I wanted immunity to that move. Uh-huh. I didn't uh-huh. care what I had to sacrifice for. I didn't care how much less damage he did. I was not going to let him get one shot again. 
I'm I'm, fa- I'm fairly nervous about the mementos right now because, again, I, I'm I'm fairly certain that I'm fairly close to the end of the game right now. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what they're gonna allow me to do once the fucking ship palace is done. And the reason why I'm nervous about mementos in relation to that is because I have unlocked an area, have went all the way to the bottom, and the door is locked. And I went through probably seven to eight days worth of building relations with my uh, with my uh, confidants, and nothing came about mementos. Usually, I would get somewhere, and then after a few days, like, oh, we've got this thing where you can go help this person, and that would let me unlock the next area. It would unlock the door. So the and this didn't happen. The unlocking so the I'm door like, is at their palaces. It's not anything uh, to do with your confidants. Oh, after really? you finish the ship, it'll unlock another area. Uh, okay, good. That, thank God. Uh, that's one thing. Uh, well, sorry, that's something I'm concerned about. Other mm-hmm. topic of, of discussion... So I did finally get the uh, ability to sneak up on enemies and instantaneously <laughs> steal them. And I have a love and hate relationship yep. with this. Number one, I I spent a fuck ton of time in Mementos recently. One was by accident. <laughs> I, I went down to Mementos. And I just, I don't know, I, I wish I knew what to explain to people. Maybe I'm fucking crazy. I don't know. It was it was partially to build money and partially to gain XP. I just spent a lot of time, like real life time, close to three to four hours in Mementos one day. Yeah. I went down and up and back down again. I was like, all right, I'm finally bored now. I'm good. I'll leave. And I left with like 1.4 million fucking money. I was so and tired of now, And now I have no money to spend. On, I mean, I have nothing to spend the money on. But anyway... Yeah. I get I got a shit ton of levels. I went out. I went like two days and did a confidant with somebody and they were like, hey, I need you to go to Mementos and kill this person. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> so I went back to Mementos and I started like halfway through and worked my way all the way back down and got more levels and more money. And out of nowhere, I started sneaking up on the Mementos bosses, ripping their masks off, and it said, Hey, you you can't you already got this persona. I was like, oh, this is what Chris was talking about. <laughs> oh fuck! And I immediately fucking swapped screens and went online. I was like, how do I change this? And it's like, you can't change it. Yep, it's Ryushi's thing. Yep, unless you want to go back to an old save. And I was like, I let's see how bad this is for me. The fact that I'm such higher level now than even the enemies on the fucking ship, I am bitch slapping enemies now. So I don't necessarily have to grind. But if I do want to grind, I can fight them from the side or head on. Yes. Usually now before they even see me, so it doesn't count as a uh, spotting thing. Yes. And I still get to fight them anyway. Yeah, that, but, that's the workaround to it. Yeah. yeah it It is... I, it, in. The, the positive of it is is if if you do specifically want to get masks and it's a fucking wham bam you're done you get no. the fucking mask so but yeah it's a, it's actually it has made my progress this is something like man if they had given me this back in like level 2 this game would have been boring as fuck because <laughs> I actually I like going around levels and around mementos and around palaces specifically and sneaking up on enemies, you know, I like that that yeah. edge where you 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 know, you know the times where like there's an enemy running in front of you and you're like I want to catch up to him 
and they stop and you're like, oh, I gotta get to him. I gotta get to him. <laughs> he turns around. Oh shit! I, I, I like that. I, li- I like thing. I like the aspect of having those enemies in the real world. But when you hide behind a pillar and you just immediately rip the mask off, that's cool that you're like so fucking uber powerful. But that takes a third of that game's life away. Yeah, and you get we, no we experience, have, no money. Yeah, we have made the comment before that this game is this game is classy as fuck. This game has so much style, and a lot of that style is in the battle. Mm-hmm. It's in capturing an enemy and jumping on his shoulders and ripping his, his mask off. It's having the enemies blossom up from the floor and have your have your characters stand there and then show up one at a time on the battlefield and you picking out your, your personas and having your character say out the name of what persona it is and passing batons to your friends or having Futaba add buffs and then you mm-hmm. beat the battle and have the fucking victory lap and the, the experience. Fl- All this is fun. It's part of Persona. It is something that makes Persona 5 what it is. When you sell Persona 5 as a product to people, you should be part of it should be selling the battle system, period, from start to finish. Right. When you're in a level and you go hide, 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 rip the mask off, move on, you're missing out. Mm-hmm. So I'm I am glad. I do like the godlike aspect of it, but I don't like the XP thing. I think that's kind of an oversight. I mean, if you're so if the idea is for you to be powerful, RPGs have done this in the past. You know, you can walk up on enemies, touch them, they die instantaneously. You get money and XP. I I, I don't think that's too much to ask for Persona Five. You yeah. could have done that. There. But, do Do you know what level you are right now? Ooh, I'm. I'm in the 70s, bruh. Yeah, you could like finish the game. 71 or 72 or something like that? You don't need to grind anymore. I actually, on the ship, I kept forgetting to check what the average level was. And I actually beat the game with a, two, a couple things left in mementos to do because I didn't realize there was a hard cutoff mm-hmm. uh, on when I wouldn't be able to do anything else. And it actually, even though you're going to do the mementos resolution, it kills those requests. You can't oh, complete wow. them while you're resolving mementos. Even though you're in mementos, mm-hmm. you can go yeah. to the same level they're on, but the little, you know, the check marks on the map are there showing you which area they're in. Uh-huh. Those are grayed out. Oh, wow. And the requests can't be completed. So I actually got screwed on a couple of them, and I don't know if that would have gotten me the trophy or not, but it's a little annoying because um, there wasn't really a warning, I don't think. Uh-huh. If there was, I missed it, but anyone was on the cruise ship, I kept forgetting to check the average level, you know, pressing the middle button thing. Finally yeah. did it, and it was 70. I'm like, huh, what level am I? I was 60. Oh, wow. I was like, oh, what did I miss? I was like, is it because <laughs> I didn't do the mementos things yet? Um, yeah. But I beat it. I beat the uh, thing, and I, don't, I think I... I beat it either somewhere between like level 60 to 64, so I didn't level up much more. And it was a little rough in spots, so I can see, you know, being a little bit higher level. And I was just sick and tired of Mementos. I was like, mm-hmm. I could go back and level, but I'm not going to because I don't want to do it anymore. I've spent yeah. so much time in there, I don't yeah. want to do it anymore. But doing the resolution of Mementos, I finished the game at like level 74. I gained probably 10 plus levels in that area. Yeah. It's so long. And my overall game was fun. I enjoyed it. My biggest takeaway when I finished the game was that was too long. (laughs) Really? And that is something that 
doesn't normally get said about games. It's like usually it's too short or yeah, that was a hundred hours and it was great. Or I mean, hundred hours is pretty long stretch. It's typically you like, know, okay, those 30 hours were great. This may tie hours. into this this may tie into my Mega Man mentality and uh, maybe my opinion will change once I mm-hmm. as well finish the game completely. It's not I'm not saying the game is too short by any means. I'm saying that man, I wish there was like six more palaces. <laughs> I wish there was more of the game itself. Uh, the it's, it's plenty it's it's plenty long. It's very lengthy. Yeah. And I definitely, I'm definitely looking forward to getting to the end and having more of the questions I still have answered. I'm hoping, without spoiling, Chris, does the does the game button itself up good? That's what I'm looking. Does the story button itself up good? I, I think so. Um, you get some of your other questions you've asked, like last week we were when we were theory crafting. Some uh-huh. of those that you haven't even talked about today, they come to resolution as well. Um, okay. So it's it's. I can't think of anything that it left unsolved for me. Yeah. That wasn't because I just didn't do it. Like, I'm probably gonna take it to forums if it doesn't. But yeah. Yeah. So like I, I uh, kind of didn't realize I was missing an entire confidant until after the cruise ship. Mm-hmm. I'd never done the Soji player, or not mm. Shoji. What is it? Is Shoji. It Shoji? Yeah, yeah. That's uh, the chess Hif- type Hifumi? Game. Yeah. Hifumi, yeah. Star. Um, I'd never unlocked her. I never went to the church. Uh, or at least not when she was there. I didn't realize she was only there at night. I had went there yeah. once during the day and gone, she's not here. I guess I need to wait for some trigger. And yeah. <laughs> I just forgot. Just never showed. So my last few days before Mementos was, okay, I need to see how high I can get her up. And I, that's one of the reasons I didn't go do those requests because I was trying to get her to the point where I would do hers. I'm sure she, you know, yeah. she probably has one, uh, which I don't know if it's true or not. I didn't get that far. But yeah. then I was like, oh, you need to go and you can't do the request anymore. So like, okay. But a, f- uh, a, f- yeah. a few milestones that I have done mm-hmm. since the last time we talked about it, by the way. Number one, and I wasn't necessarily gunning for it. I was, you can't really say you're gunning for half the shit in this game anyway. <laughs> you kind of take what you, you do what you can when it's available. But I finally do have all of my stats maxed. Uh, I had I, the last two that I had left were guts and uh, knowledge. I beat the game without having guts maxed. Oh wow! I just could not get it done because I was I, so focused on confidants. I genuinely spent—I forget where it was. It wasn't a batting cage. It was somewhere where I, I, th- I think it might. Apparently, you can do the Big Bang Challenge, the Big yes. Bang Burger Challenge, repeatedly. Yes. And I—I I was confused about that. I was miss. I misunderstood it at first because one time I went to go do the Big Bang Bird Challenge and just quickly pressing through the, the text, I thought I read, oh, you've already maxed it out. As mm-hmm. in, you know, you've already you've already passed all of it. I thought I took that as in, okay, well, I can't do the challenge anymore. Oh, no, no, you can always do the challenge. What they're telling you is you do the maximum level of the challenge always. Mm-hmm. So there was a point where for a day and night, day and night, I did the Big Bang Burger Challenge <laughs> four fucking times. That was four, eight, twelve. That was twelve points that went to my guts. Of course, on the last one, the guts went up. Yeah. But my last 
so the story went on as it was supposed to. The the had I had the whole big confusing whatever shit with a catchy. Mm-hmm. And of course, being the game that it does, it progressed you forcibly day after day after mm-hmm. day with the story. And then it got to the point where it said, okay, you're going after Shido. You have like 21 days until the deadline. I spent those 21 days doing nothing but confidants. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would have four people or four, three to five people text me. I picked the ones that I wanted and built. And then the afternoon would come along. I'd have more text. I'd pick somebody and build. And I kept building and building and building. I did a total of two days of mementos. I spent a obviously I spent a couple of days doing the Big Bang Burger challenge and getting my stats finished out. And I, I'm still not done with all the characters that I want. They're all pretty much up there. I think I've maxed out. And when I say max, I don't mean I've only romanced. Um, I've only romanced the one character, mm-hmm. but there are three women who I've maxed out, but I'm not romancing, so they're all level nine. Right. And I'm I'm guessing from what you're telling me, and it, don't worry, it didn't spoil or anything, but I'm guessing that once you finish the the uh, boat palace, that there's more time to do shit after. Uh, so, uh, I don't know how much, so yeah. just be careful with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm not going to waste my time. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I'm hoping that maybe I can get the last month that I that I want to get maxed out done at that. And yeah, then really it mentally be too bad because like uh, some of the star when I got late, I think I still got her to like five or six yeah. before ending. So that was a little bit of time, but it was, you know, it was increasing pretty much every time I talked to her. I think I only had once or twice where I had to talk to her that didn't go up. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure that I have, of all the ones, I think there were four or five confidants that I wanted to have max because mm-hmm. they 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 had the max benefits that I wanted. I think all those are done. Now it's just maxing out the other ones just because. The first one that I did was Ryuji, and obviously I, I was like, oh, fuck, well, here we go with this <laughs> shit. But I'm, I, I've got mo- most of the story outside of palaces I've... Outside everything out of Palace and Mementos, I've pretty much exhausted to where I want them to. Yeah. You know, if I get if I get more time to build some of the confidants up some more, I will. That's fine. But I've gotten everything outside of those two things. Now I want Mementos to finish because I want to know what's up with Morgana and yep. what has she been talking about and what's all this shit com- uh, culminate to. And of course, I want to know everything with the end of the game, like who who's controlling what and why are people doing what they're doing and what the fuck is up with the velvet room and et cetera, et cetera. So it, I, I'm, I'm anticipating it. I'm not I'm not biting at the bit for it, but I'm, I'm getting toward the end and I'm, I'm still enjoying it at even with at this late in the game. So uh, it's still still sucking up every afternoon of my life. It will be maybe probably doing some after I take a bath after this fucking podcast. <laughs> so. Question for you: Have you eh. in Mementos? Have you talked to the twins at the Velvet Room door in Mementos? Uh, yeah, because I've done their uh, I've maxed their thing out. Not not in the Velvet Room. But in outside the velvet room's door. Oh no, I don't okay. think I have. You're you. I don't know if that'll be available when you're doing the resolution. So next time you go in to do a request or whatever, uh, you probably want to do that. Okay, okay, I'll do that. Because I, I didn't realize you could even talk to them, but you can. They have dialogue there. Um, gotcha. 
And I don't think it's related to their confidant level. Yeah. Didn't you say you have it maxed out? Yeah, yeah. I have theirs. Yeah. And I'll, uh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you and everybody right now, come at me, bro, all you want. <laughs> I got three fucking levels into theirs. And I was like, I don't know what the fuck they're asking for. Oh, yeah. Like, th- th- these things are not even in my spectrum. So I would have. So if I was to not use a guide to get that shit up the chain of command. I would have had to go in there and basically fucking just, just crapshoot fucking uh, uh, fusions, and hope that I get something close to something. Yep. There, there's no streamlined way to get those aside from using a guide. Yeah, I, look- I would have had to just buy personas and buy personas and buy personas and just slam two together and say, okay, well I'll keep that one. Slam two up. Oh. I've already had that before. Slam yeah. two and in, and then take those and slam. Like I, I'm sorry, I'm already 250 hours in this game. I don't have time <laughs> for that shit. I went and looked the guide up, and I was like, okay, cool. You you match these, you match these, you match these, and then boom, got them out of the way. Yeah, because they're typically ones you can't find. You have to fuse them. Um, yeah. I didn't look it up on my playthrough, so I didn't get past the second one <laughs> because I was like, all right, never seen this one. It's never yeah. been an option as far as I know for combining. And like the the second one is Shisa or something like that. Uh-huh. The one that you combine to get the move on it uh, without having to use a card or something. I had never caught either. I'd never yeah. obta- or obtained. I say caught like the Pokemon, but I never obtained them. Uh, their mask. Yeah. I never obtained their mask. I choose you, Arson. My God, I wasn't expecting that. I literally just jumped when you made that voice. <laughs> that was terrible. Oh, I was like, man. what is this noise coming from my computer? <laughs> here here is also another small complaint. And mm-hmm. again, if I'm if I'm if I'm I don't want to lob too many complaints at this game until I complete it, complete it. Mm-hmm. Uh well, well complete it all the way, finish it, beat the fucking game. Uh I don't so if you remember last episode I said one of the things that I wanted to do, there were two things I wanted to do in Velvet Room. One was max out those sisters. I did. The second thing is I love Arson's design and I want to basically piecemeal every ability I want onto him. That is not fucking easy to do. No. You actually can't just do that. You can either one, you have to, you can, I think there's actually maybe three ways to do it. You can use other personas to power him up. Mm-hmm. And then hope that the uh, the skill that you want is the one that gets inherited. Yep. And trust me when I say this, one eleven times out of eleven, it doesn't. <laughs> so you power up Arson, he gets a level up, and he goes, oh, "Your your persona is getting a. No, I think he's gonna get another ability. What's he get? Uh, auto dodge lightning." Well, fuck, I wanted fucking high-level size, so Mm -hmm. this does nothing for me. Two, you can take personas that that will fuse together to make arson, but you need to make sure that somehow the ability you want is carried through fusions up to that point. So you are, so hopefully you'll be allowed to pick that ability. Mm -hmm. That's also hard as fuck. Or three, 
you can find the items that will basically teach an ability to a persona. That one's a little bit more feasible because at least you can just directly go, I want you to learn this. But finding the specific cards for what you want and or making those cards is fucking impossible. Well, I mean, making them is probably as easy as the guide for combining. You just look up where's what's the recipe for this card. Yeah, I you need this persona. Yeah. Okay, how do I get that persona? Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, actually, you know what? I didn't even think about that. You're right. Yeah. I'm gonna start doing that tonight. <laughs> and I'll tell you this: I didn't touch a single card in my playthrough, so that's I, something I'm gonna do in New Game Plus. I did one just to fucking see what it was, and you literally just go, "Hey, learn this," and he goes, "I learned this." You know what? It. That's it. I actually did use it because I got the revive ability, um, and at the time that I needed that so I put that on Joker because I didn't have it on any of his personas so I put on one of my more useful ones I was going to keep for a while uh-huh. uh, so I had two revives you know Morgana and him yeah another another uh, comedic thing that happens on my end in this game it's actually kind of it's kind of sad it's kind of an asshole thing but I think it's kind of funny so I have only romanced Futaba, and this has happened before her, by the way, because I maxed out I maxed out the medic, mm-hmm. God, like two or three months ago. Yeah, she still, even when I chose the non-romance option, she still texts me, "Hey, you want to come hang out?" And I'm like, decline. <laughs> She's like, okay, <laughs> well, if you ever want to come over, maybe I'll give you a special treatment. And I'm like, I don't want to date you. I have four women doing that now because I've turned down four other women. I've got them all to nine, and they all still text me, hey, hey, Big Daddy, what are you doing tonight? I'm like, I don't want to date you. And they're like, whoa, if you want me to come over, I'm like, I have a girlfriend. But you can't pick anything like that in this game. They act like they don't even know that you're dating somebody. And, And they don't. Uh, so I'll tell you that much. At least not until, like I said, there's one scene that it actually matters. Have you have you visited with one of them that does that? Do you actually get the prompts to romance them again? Um, that no, I don't. I don't know because anytime, like for example, mm-hmm. the, uh, the uh, death, the medic. When I go talk to her, it's only to buy stuff from the from her store. Okay. I've never been like, hey, yeah, let's go ahead and hang out. So I don't know how far they take it. The option may be there to still say, yeah, let's fucking do it up. But I that it, it, it's more like a game, uh, actual game mechanic thing that I'm laughing at. I, I like yeah. that I'm actually dating a girl, and I still have four girls hitting me up every day or night, going, hey, you wanna? If, let me get on that dick and I'm like no if you wouldn't mind I would appreciate if you do a you know save your game and then talk to them and see if you get the prompts again and if right. you can actually romance a second person that way because okay. what I wanted to do and it kind it's kind of annoying was I actually wanted to get them all up to nine and just do that for until you know aside from one of them uh, mm-hmm. romance one and then wait until the very end of the game and do the others all at once. So if I had those scenes in the middle, it wouldn't matter because I technically yeah. wasn't, you know, romancing them at the time. So I don't have to worry about any uh, conflict. Yeah, I can do, I'll do me a save file and then I'll take one of their offers up and just carry it out and see how far I can go okay. with it. Um, I really think, I think that might be it for my Persona 5 blurbing. Like I said, I'm I'm that part I'm that far in the game. Mm-hmm. I'm still enjoying it, still having fun. 
I really can't wait to get all these questions answered, but I mean, I'm still having a good time. I like, uh, I like a lot about this game, man. It's, 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 it's fun stuff. And yes, it is the only, I mean, I took a bubble bath and played fucking <laughs> some Kirby game for a bit, but I don't really think that counts. But that's pretty much been the only game I've been playing, yeah. and it will be uh, something else. I've thought about now. This is it, it, it's not a it not like it matters kind of thing, but and this is not me fucking swinging a dick. I'm not trying to say I'm better or worse. So this is not a competition. But the fact that even even taking 20 hours off is with with time, which that's ridiculous. I'm going to be ending this game close to 250, 260 hours. Mm -hmm. The fact that I put that much time in this already, number one, number two, I'm, I really want to play God of War 1 and 2 and 3. I want to finish the trilogy before God of War comes out in April 20th, on April 20th. Uh, the fact that I now have more DS games in my library, I may not immediately go straight into New Game Plus. I may come back and revisit Persona 5 another time uh, but I don't think I, I, I'm retracting my statement I may not immediately jump into a new game plus okay. I'm not feeling burnout that's not that's not it at all it's just I, I did put close to 550 hours in the breath of the wild last year I don't know if I want to do that for this <laughs> game this year I think I want to beat it fucking breathe off of it for a while go put some other shit on our belt and then if I want to if I feel like it if I feel engaged to I'll jump back into it because man fucking over 200 hours is a lot of time to say like I'm not saying I've done everything I know I haven't there's a lot of shit that I passed over and missed you've, you've accomplished a lot one of the reasons I jumped straight into New Game Plus was because I had so many things I still hadn't resolved um, yeah. like I said I didn't get the star person. I didn't unlock the maid uh, teacher lady until after the summer. Oh, Because Jesus. you can't do it during the summer. And I realized during the summer, I still hadn't completed that. So I I did the scene, you know, after school is out. And it's like, okay, you need to go talk to the... I actually looked up how to start her stuff. Because I was like, I'm, I, I don't have anything to progress. And it's actually like, oh, you have this... Uh, interaction in the hallway you have to complete and then you can move forward with our stuff but you can't enter the school during the summer other than story related things where you have no choice of where to go Yeah. so I didn't start her stuff to way late um, but on New Game Plus it's actually kind of funny at the beginning of the game I didn't have enough stuff to do oh wow because I didn't have confidants yet oh, so I'm wow. literally like well I guess I'll and you can't go to the city at night for a while. Right, right. So I'm literally Forgot stuck about there. that, yeah. <laughs> I'm literally stuck in the starting area with nothing to do other than uh, talk to the doctor. And when she didn't want to talk, I had nothing to do. I guess so I'll do some pull-ups in my room. I, I started reading. I mean, my character read on this. <laughs> I still do it. That's my yeah. reading time is, okay, no confidants, one attention. I'm going to go read. Yep. Um, but it's funny how fast the game goes when you're not watching all the cutscenes. Yeah. I'm already almost into July, and I only have 13 hours in the game. Wow. I've completed three palaces. Jesus. In 13 hours. Tell me, this is not spoiling it, I don't mm -hmm. care, because I just I need to know Okay. what all carries over New Game Plus. Okay, so you want to know now? Yes. All right. So your stats... Now, don't... I mean, not spoiling yep. story shit, of course, but right, what... Right, 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 
mechanic shit, yeah. So your stats carry over. Oh, God. Your confidants obviously do not. Um, right, right. I get that. You can buy your personas. All, all the ones you have. Oh, wow. Yep. You start with the same weak ones, and you catch uh-huh. the same weak ones, but you can go to, once you have access to the Velvet Room, I and make sure you save all the money you can so you can afford them. Because mm-hmm. I didn't. I only had a little over 100000 when I finished the game. Like I said, I was tired of mementos, and I had just upgraded everything I could mm-hmm. for the final area, especially when I died twice. I was like, all right, I'm going to go buy everything I can. And I only finished with 100000 because that's what I earned in the final area. Um, but I was able to buy my highest level persona that I liked because there were ones that, you know, had the moves that I just got in the final area and stuff that I didn't care about. But one yeah. that I actually had merged stuff to get and had put stuff into power it up and gotten more abilities and whatnot. I actually liked using it, had some good resistances and whatnot. I bought that for like 60,000. So oh I was God. only down to, because I don't have the discount then. I don't have the, mm-hmm. uh, confidant for Igor up at that point. Cause yeah. like very first month of game or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, all your equipment carries over that you have to re-equip it. Um, so once you have access to them in the equip menu, you can change their equipment to whatever you had on them before. So I started the game with my SP items, my SP accessories, which was great. Oh, Jesus, um, yeah. Uh, Joker is really the only one that does increase damage because of the new game plus. The, uh-huh. the equipment does add some, but the persona levels or the character levels play such a huge part in it. Um, so you'll kind of gradually, you'll be able to one-shot some enemies, but even at the very beginning, there'll be enemies you can't one-shot. And yeah. it's kind of like, really? I have this, you know, highest tier equipment I can get for this character, but because our personas are still level one or whatever level mm-hmm. they join at, yeah, they can't one-shot the enemies. But it's still so much easier uh, for the fights and stuff. I one-shot a boss in Mementos because <laughs> I had the weakness. Oh, or, or oh yeah. I, I crit or something. I don't even think it was a weakness. I think I just used like a severe physical attack and it crit and did over a thousand damage and one-shot it. Uh, let's see. So equipment, personas, money, money. like I said. Items do not, but key items do, uh-huh. or something like that. Or there are some items that carry over, but it's because yeah, they're yeah. story I, related. I can imagine, yeah. Um, but overall, like all your medicine you buy doesn't carry over, which kind of annoys me because I had like a ton of the 200 HP to every party member medicine still that I didn't use in uh-huh. the end. Uh, I had at least 10 or so, cool. and I had a bunch of the weaker ones, but all none of that carried over. Um, what else oh, is cool. there? I mean, that dude, that's enough. Yeah, that, that sounds that, like everything that, that's, to me. That's good for me. Yep. Well, one one last question, Chris, before we move on into the topic of today. Okay. I need you. To, I need you. I want you to confirm or deny or refuse to comment on Sojiro as the final boss. <laughs> No. No? Oh, no. no. Oh, I really wanted fucking Sotro to be the final boss. No, nah, I mean. Fucking eyes rolled in the back of his head and he just. Persona. Persona. How, how far are you on his confidant stuff? Um, 
this is gonna be really sad. I'm probably gonna get shot in the face for this, but I think I'm level three. Oh, he's he's one of the ones that I'm trying to catch up on. Okay, uh, I he's actually a pretty good guy. Oh yeah, dude, I, man, the characters in this game. I don't know if we're just gonna do a whole fucking Persona Five episode and just gush <laughs> over this game again, but yeah, that's one of the things that I love about this game is the the character development. Mm-hmm. Even. Like, I, I have characters that I like and dislike, but all of them are fleshed out. Like, yeah. you cannot you cannot deny that this game goes above and beyond for making you at least care about these people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do have things about Mementos that I love. I have things that I don't like. I have palaces. I have my most favorite palace and my least favorite palace so far. Mm-hmm. There's definitely stuff in that. There's, believe it or not, folks. There's more about Persona Five to talk about, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, congratulations, man. I'm glad you beat it. I'm mm-hmm. glad you're getting your. You're still getting your fill out of it. It's just that's more testament for people out there that are curious about this game. I mean, he, he's already went through the game and he's going through New Game Plus and he's barreling through it. Even if New Game Plus isn't your thing, this may be your thing. Because I can tell you now, even with me putting in all the time that I have and doing all the shit that I've been doing, I know, guys and gals, I know for a fact that even if I beat this game at 260 hours, there's still a lot of shit I did not do. There's a lot of loose connections that are going to be out there. There's paths that I said, I'm not going to take that path. I'm going to go this path. I want to know what I missed out on. Mm. Got Got a lot of meat. A lot of meat there, guys. Even for 60 bucks, well worth it. Yep. Chris, before we do, we're moving to today's topic. Do we have any well actually from last week that you nope. can think of? But I do have some news items if you want to talk about that. Oh, sweet. Yeah, let's fucking let's bang them out real quick. So there uh I saw an article that there was a trailer released by the uh folks that make Tomb Raider mm-hmm. about, you know, they're gonna announce a new game soon. But mm-hmm. if you looked in the HTML code of the page, apparently it's called Shadow of the Tomb Raider. What? That's going to be the title of it. Um, okay. But it's supposedly coming out in September. Mm-hmm. I think that was a new article. So I don't know if it's actually been officially teased yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but September, new Tomb Raider game, probably. Wow. Um, I saw an interesting... Uh, article is one of the top ones it uh drake i'm not sure if you're familiar with them or not drake of the 99 dragons no the rapper oh, drake from uncharted oh the oh. rapper <laughs> there's so many Sorry. fucking drakes come on man i i didn't make the transition that was all my bad uh Did you but just yeah. say drake died no oh Drake, yeah, Drake the rapper. Some, uh, he did a stream. About his Twitch thing. Yeah. Yeah. He did a stream with Ninja, which I don't even think Drake was the one streaming. It was Ninja, who's a streamer I don't watch, but apparently he's a popular uh, Twitch streamer. And sure. Drake hopped on, and they were actually playing Fortnite. Uh, but their stream got over six hundred thousand viewers on which, one stream. Now, so wow! Holy fucking wow! It's a lot of fucking people for one stream, yep. you know? And it's a single stream, uh, and it's the record for the single stream, and it doesn't... There, there's a difference between it and the esports record, because the esports record involves multiple streams due to languages, etc. 
uh, mm-hmm. different brackets, whatever you want to call it, uh, which is a little calculated differently or, you know, adds up different. Cause if you think about it, you have two people watching, uh, or one person watching two streams and that's not really a different user type situation, yeah. I guess. I don't know all the math behind it, but it's set a new record for Twitch, uh, for single stream viewers, concurrent now, viewers. Now, let me ask. Mm-hmm. What do you, I'm, I'm gonna sound like such an asshole when I say this, but who the fuck cares? Uh, what what what, what does this mean? Like, it, what is this doing? So the people that care are apparently Drake's 2.7 million Twitter followers or something like that. Uh-huh. Uh So he tweeted out that he was doing. That's why this blew up like it did. Yeah. Uh, who cares otherwise? Nobody really. It, yeah. It, it's just an interesting milestone, interesting thing that happened. Does it impact yeah. anything? I don't think so. Um, yeah, I mean, if this was something that bolstered like Twitch even further up in popularity and revenue and all that, then that'd be something noteworthy. I but mean, it, it I, might. I mean, it's if you think about the audience for Twitch, what is Twitch for? Gaming. Mm-hmm, what do mm-hmm. how if you think about the crossover between uh, people that listen to rap plus also play video games, How? what's that crossover? I'm sure it got people that yeah. don't care about video games, don't care about Twitch, they were watching, and yeah. maybe that's their, you know, entry point into Twitch, into games, into gaming as a whole. Who knows? Yeah. Now, is do I really think that's the case? Probably not. Uh, it does help. Uh, there was someone that did the first uh, Twitch concert, which it was you know, people had mixed feelings about because it's not a game. It was literally a music concert that was streamed over Twitch. Uh, of course, now we're getting into Twitch is partnering with the uh, basketball folks, not the yes. NBA, but the league below the NBA, which I didn't know existed until I saw this article. Uh, <laughs> it's like G League or something like that. I don't know. Uh, but they're partnering up to show, they're basically partnering up, I think, with like, or they're waiting on their ESPN contract to run out so they can do it without, you know, infringing. Or I don't know if ESPN's involved or not, but it's basically ESPN-like football broadcasting on Twitch. Or not football, uh, uh, basketball broadcasting on Twitch. No video, gotcha. not a video game version of it. Yeah. Actual live basketball on Twitch. Took you a minute to get there. <laughs> yeah, so it's, I mean, it's blowing up and people are getting, Twitch is getting bigger because of this. Uh, so while these may not be exponential growths because of, you know, a one-time thing like this, but it certainly mm-hmm. doesn't hurt. Um, it's just all I'm bringing more people in. Yeah. Yeah. Which that, you know, that's why I was worried about what I said is going to sound kind of asshole It's more like <laughs> I want to, I want to know specifically because I, I, I like Twitch being what it is Yeah, and I specifically like it being what it is and centering around the gaming environment. Yeah. I, I, I don't tailor uh, my thoughts around Drake being a gamer, like if okay, hear me out. Mm-hmm. If some Joe Blow streamer that is like the the number one fucking Smash Brothers Twitch streamer mm-hmm. got online, maximum he has like you know he's had forty thousand viewers. Shigeru motherfucking Miyamoto joins his stream and that gets 1.7 million people watching his channel that day and he sets a record. Then I'm like, oh, fuck, yeah. That's showing more legitimacy. That's showing people like you need to be in here because you never fucking know. 
But if somebody's playing fucking player on those battlegrounds and then Drake shows up, it's like, okay, cool. But he's I don't I don't get the connection there. I mean it just depends on the audience, is all it is. Yeah, it's, it's the audience too. Yeah. A, a positive thing I could see about this from a very narcissistic point of view is somebody else, say Snoop Dogg or say Eminem or it don't have to be that. It could be a fucking country singer. It could be a fucking movie producer going, oh, so Drake thinks he's hot shit with his 600,000 viewers. <laughs> I'm going to go in there and I'm going to actually promote this shit and I'm going to get more. And then other people do the same and other people do the same. So, yeah. Hey, man, whatever whatever pumps something into that system. I just hope that it... I hope that we, the gamers and the supporters of Twitch as a whole see something from it other than hey a rapper joined twitch thing and got a lot of viewers yeah and it wasn't only him i did read the actual article and i think it later on went to say uh by the end of it that some football player had been on it too and And someone else who i didn't recognize so it's and it's not like it's the first time a celebrity or uh something like that has gone on twitch um i'm trying to think of how there are a couple really big ones that actually hop on uh, every now and then and do stuff i'd have to look it up to see who they are but it, like it's not unheard of is the point i'm making yeah. yeah 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 any other news the other thing was an interesting article that i thought you would be interested in the article title is the game franchises that will exist a hundred years into the future Ooh, i like that yeah yeah um and it's like in the article, it doesn't really go into, it's not a very long article. There aren't a lot of things mm-hmm. listed. But one of the uh, things that caught my attention was, it's like, yeah, 100 years is a long time. But if you think about when, uh, what was it? Uh, space invaders will turn 40 years old this year. Mm, yeah. So it's like, yeah. that's, yes, 100 years is a long time. But we've also got a lot of stuff. Donkey Kong mm-hmm. came out in 1981. Uh, as another example they list. So we've got all this time that's passed already. Yeah. 100 years. Ultimately, in the big picture of things, isn't that long of a time. Uh, so it was an interesting topic that they did an article on. That we should discuss one day. Got it. <laughs> got it. <laughs> yeah, because, man, there's so many fucking factors that go into that. Holy shit. That's, yeah. not, a, that's not a three-paragraph topic, folks. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't very... There's actually was probably like five paragraphs, but it's like one sentence here, one sentence there. So yeah, essentially three paragraphs. That's a cool. It's cool something to think about. We'll jot that down in our uh, our topic area. We'll we'll hit on that one day. And I was debating on mentioning this article because that's whatever. But just because we're talking about PUBG and Fortnite, there's an article with the headline: "Woman stabs boyfriend with katana, citing cheating and too much PUBG." Oh boy, she. Went to a store, bought a katana, and stabbed him because he played too much PUBG and she thought he was cheating. Wow. So. <laughs> yep. That Trump's going, see what I mean? It's fucking video games, man. Uh, this isn't that episode. Yeah. Mm. No. <laughs> Coming soon uh, to a theater near you. That's it. Any other, any other news? Nah. I think i only had one piece of news and that was that uh it's it was like rumored and then became official by happenstance that 
Uh, Geralt from the Witcher series is coming to Soul Calibur 6. Yes. So, awesome. I think that's pretty cool. I can't wait to see how they actually implement his Witcher uh, background and combat style and rules into the Soul Calibur universe. I think that's... uh, that's pretty cool. Soul Calibur's always been out there with their, like, yeah, we're bringing these uh, cool people. They've yeah. had fucking Kratos and Link and uh, one of the Assassin creators. I don't know which one, but yeah, that's yeah. cool. Oh, I don't cool remember thing. which one either. Yeah. I haven't played and a Soul was, Calibur game in so long. Yeah. And there was like uh, there was some Nintendo news here and there because a, a Nintendo uh, Nintendo Direct was out, I believe, mm-hmm. last week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't really see a sh- just a shit ton on there that I was completely interested in, which which actually kind of segues into the topic <laughs> for today. Chris, I want to ask you a question. Yeah, is Nintendo dying? No. Chris says Nintendo is not dying. Well. I'm going to give you the answer to that question. I also agree. Nintendo's not dying. Are you fucking crazy? <laughs> <laughs> this was a, this was a topic that, uh, uh, let me, let me set some preface here right off the bat. Mm-hmm. This may not be so much for Chris, depending on what he has lined up. Cause as we've mentioned before, we don't, we don't have enough time or are paid to sit down and discuss this shit ahead of time. Uh, I don't know what all shit he's going to throw out there, but I can tell you now, a lot of what I have today is going to be from the hip, and I can already tell you also that a lot of what I'm going to say is going to make me sound like a Nintendo fanboy, because, <laughs> yeah, Chris, that's a fucking thing. Apparently, if you like a console, you're a fanboy, even though I also like the PlayStation, even though I also like the Xbox, even though I also like PC, even though I'm just a fucking gamer who likes it all. I just <laughs> really fucking like Nintendo because, get this, they put out quality shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of what I'm going to say is going to sound like I'm just gushing about this company, and I'm sorry that you have to hear this, but <laughs> it's going to go in the line from my perspective, my 36 year old gaming perspective third generation starting gamer perspective that has revolved a lot around nintendo not not only nintendo but a lot of nintendo uh i've actually made the comment before that that as a non if you talk to if i talk to a non-gamer and they gush the fuck out about disney i can respect that i can understand that because there are a lot of characters in Disney. There are a lot of universes uh, in Disney. There are a lot of uh, franchises in Disney. There are a lot of things that people look at and can point out specifically. I love this scene with Belle. I love this scene with Ariel. I love this part when Hades did this. I love this ride of Disney World. I love this uh, TV show that, that was on the Disney Channel when I was a kid. That is the level that I go to when I talk about Disney. I mean, I talk about Nintendo because that is the shit that's been in my life for so long. You always wanted to be Just, a Disney princess. I mean, I, <laughs> baby, do you think I'd make a good Disney princess? I don't know what Disney princess I would even look like. <laughs> I, that, I, I'd be, I guess, but Gaston wasn't a princess, though. 
<laughs> I could think I could, pass, I could pass for a Gaston. I had to. I'd have to fucking grow the hair out, and I guess I'd have to staple chest hair on this because <laughs> I don't have that. I don't have the luscious forest of <laughs> yeah. chest hair like he has. Uh, but th- th- this is this is kind of. I'm trying to draw parallels to people that are possibly listening to this podcast that aren't strictly saying and respectfully saying they're not necessarily hardcore gamers when i think about nintendo i almost all the way equate it to disney it's been around for so long it has childhood memories just out the ass for me it has so many key things that i i can generally generally look at nintendo and i can specifically look at nintendo and find things that just bring ooh joy i'm a fucking kid when i do things uh in in nintendo games and that's how people are when they think of disney that's how they are when they go to disney world i long for the day when we can have an actual in life nintendo land but we don't have one of those yet but that's the that's the that's what I get from from Nintendo. And just like Disney back in the day with the shady shit that it did at times, Nintendo has done shady shit as well. I'm not going to put the ultimate, you know, fucking angelic crown and wings on Nintendo. They pulled some shit to get where they are. They're a fucking company. Of course they have. They were a business company. Mm-hmm. They've done some shit. People have been fired from Nintendo. Yes. People have been denied whatever from Nintendo. Yes, I get that. All that of course that's they're a business bullshit aside. I love Nintendo games, man. I've I've been playing them for a long time and I will say from their core franchises, there have been very few to almost none uh, letdowns. There have been very few, oh man, what garbage this is, you know? So, all the way to today with... Uh, And again, being March 2018, making this, I want to run through just a quick, just a quick numbers game for people Mm -hmm. so they can hear kind of just an idea of what this company has done over time. This is really, really short, but I'm just looking at from I'm pulling this site from uh, Nintendo. I'm actually pulling it from Nintendo from their uh, their Japan side. And they ran through a hard drive sale, a hard drive, a hardware sales of lifetime of today the nes has sold 61.91 million units the super famicom super nintendo has sold 49.1 million nintendo 64 a little drop off sold 32.93 million units nintendo gamecube even more of a drop off with 21.74 million the game boy original game boy and game boy color combined 118.69 million units so go ahead and let that number sit in your head folks the handheld version sold more than the gamecube and nintendo 64 combined oh and also if you put the super famicom on it or the snes on it well maybe not that close enough it took almost three consoles to sell what the game boy by itself (laughs) sold Game Boy Advance, not as much as uh, not as much as that, but way better than the other standard consoles. The Game Boy Advance sold eighty one point fifty one million. 
the Nintendo DS, <laughs> 154 million units worldwide. That is astounding. That is the hot, folks, that is the handheld market of Nintendo. That's not the, oh, I had a Nintendo in my house and we played Duck Hunt. No, motherfucker, that's uh, the, what, fourth generation of Pokemon game. You know, that's that's uh, that's 3D versions of older classic games that you that you may have not even heard of before. I was going to ask, does that include 2DS and 3DS? Uh, I'm only seeing DS. Okay, so they lump them actually, together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I believe it's 2 and 3 together, but still. Still, we're just talking about the handheld market. Even mm-hmm. if you split that up, that's still that that's still incredible. I'm surprised it's not higher, actually. Yeah, uh, we have the what's what the for the actual base console, the not handheld console. We have the best selling currently, which is the Nintendo Wii, with 101.63 <laughs> million units. So let that sink in for a minute, folks. The console that sold the most was not where Final Fantasy VI was on, or was not what Final Fantasy VI was on. It was, it's not what your your fondest memories of Mario and Duck Hunt and Track Meet were on. It was on Wii Sports Resort console. It was on Wii Fit console. It was on, uh, man, I really, really wish I could get all of my franchises on this thing, but then, oh, wait, wait, nope, it's got motion controls. Fuck that, I don't really care. I don't please don't mm-hmm. come over here <laughs> uh the wii u 13.56 million so you see a, <laughs> a severe a severe drop off it sold less it sold less than the fucking gamecube and um, i'll stick up for the gamecube that's not a fucking console to, to bash at mm-hmm. they look at games on the wii u i mean on the on the gamecube uh, the Nintendo 3DS. This answers your question, okay. Chris. So the so the DS must the DS had the 154.02. Mm-hmm. The Nintendo 3DS 71.99 million okay. units. There's the rest I was expecting. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And then today, currently, we have the Nintendo Switch, which only has 14.86. But one, that console's only been out for roughly a year. And two, it does hold the record currently for Nintendo as the fastest selling console. Mm-hmm. So maybe not in bulk, but it's definitely sold the fastest for as long as it's been out. Yeah. So some numbers to take away for the audience. Uh, their cons- the, the, the standard consoles do pretty well with the Wii being a fucking pillar above all of them, and I mean a severe pillar, like casting a shadow on the other ones, but their handheld market is unfucking deniable yeah. I mean, their handheld market is stupid numbers. Even their low one with the Nintendo 3DS has 71.99 million units. And that's uh, mainly because it's newer. I mean, it's not that yeah. new now, but in the grand scheme of things, it's a newer handout. Yeah, if for some reason you took the Wii U out of the equation, and I mean I understand why you would, the next highest standard console was the NES. So your your low your low console your next lower console was the NES. And that's the NES and the Famicom combined, mind you, because the Wii came out on both both here and and Japan. The Wii U, same thing. 
3DS, all that. There was no, they stopped doing the differentiation, I think, around the N64 era. The 64 was just the 64 both sides. Right. But they've been putting some numbers out there, folks, and, and, and are still putting numbers out there today. Now, I can understand you looking at the Switch and going, ah, 14, almost 15 million. Well, I mean, you got to remember that console is only a year old. The NES, uh, if my memory serves me right, that came out, that came back in 89? Uh, oh, man. I sh- I sh- we, we should know this because we did. <laughs> no, the, the NES was like 85, was when the actual NES, not the Famicom. Famicom. Wait, what year did I say? Like eighty nine. Did I see? Oh, the SNES year is when you said. Yeah, I'm ma- I th- I'm making sure I didn't just. I, I thought I might have said something stupid like like ninety ninety three or something. No. no, 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 that's crazy. Uh, the Famicom came out in nineteen eighty three. Okay, right. so yeah, so in Japan, I'm just, in Japan, yeah, yeah. I, I'm just putting out the the timeline for folks. Remember, the Switch is only uh, roughly a year old. The NES has been around for. A long fucking time, okay? (laughs) And talking about years, this is another thing that I think is really important to talk about the company. And one of the main reasons, or a major contributing reason to why I don't think they'll die is, do you know what year Nintendo was started? It was back in the 50s, I think? No. 1889. Oh, Jesus. I was wrong. As a card company. That's what they started out as cards. Um, yeah, yeah. They've been in electronics since the fifties. Uh, okay, okay. And the thanks for saving my ass on that one. I'm glad I got yeah. something right. Nineteen uh, seventy. <laughs> yes, I did. Rem- I remember the cards and toys thing is uh, the yeah. cards and toys thing as well. So I was reading through, looking at their little breakdown on uh, Wiki about it, and apparently they've even had a love hotel chain. Nit. The what the Nintendo Love Hotel? Yeah, there was a. Oh my god! There they set they set up a taxi company. They did a Love Hotel chain, a TV network, a food company that sold instant rice, and lots of other things. <laughs> wow! But uh, in around sixty fo- again, go ahead. this I'm just, just I want to add this to this. The reason why he's saying this and what what this means is it just plays into what was said earlier, folks. Nintendo is a company. They are a business. They've been around doing this for a while. Yeah. You think Sony just came out the gate making a PlayStation? Come on, folks. And they But anyway, go ahead. They just they adapt to what needs to be done or what dies or doesn't die, you know, uh taking advantage of whatever popularity they can. Uh when the playing card sales dropped, they moved on to electronics or moved on to handheld toys and stuff, what you were talking about. Uh, and then eventually into the electronics, and then in 1974, video games. Now, Chris, I I, I have to ask you, mm-hmm. are you telling me that the End of Time cast asked a trick question? Because the question was, is Nintendo dying? You're trying to make it sound like Nintendo as a company isn't dying. I want to know if the video game side of Nintendo is dying or not. That's what somebody's going to say. I hope that was somebody going, how the fuck did he get my voice to? Who the fuck? How the hell did he, how did he know? Uh, that, that's fair, you know, uh, and this will play into other companies we'll talk about in the future. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't think as a game, I think as a video game company, 
they're going to do very well for a long time. And at the least, at the least, one word, one name is as long as this name is around, they're going to continue to do well. And you know what that name is? Mario. No. Real person. Drake. All right now. <laughs> um, you said his name earlier. Shigeru Miyamoto. There you go. Yes. He has been the driving force. The, if you want to attribute their success to one person, that's him. Mm-hmm. And he's getting older now. I hope it's not anytime soon, but as long as he's around, they're going to keep pumping out quality stuff. Their yep. consoles yep. may have issues, as we see with the numbers, uh, which they're improving. I mean, looking at the Switch, that's a huge improvement. Yeah. But their games, the quality of their games, pretty good. Pretty mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I don't think as long as Miyamoto's around, Nintendo will die as a gaming company either. I... I, I want to say that you that everyone better hope this, but again, for some reason, we still live in an age where people are fucking. I don't even know a word for it. Gamist, I guess. Elitist kind of kind of goes goes closer to it, but it's still cool to hate on Nintendo. You know, I'm sure mm-hmm. I'm sure it was cool to hate on Sega at some point too, folks. But the difference is, Nintendo's still making consoles. <laughs> uh, but I, I'm saying that at a minimum, I hope that whoever does fill his shoes, it's somebody that has the fun passion that he has. Yeah. Uh, you can say a lot of negative things about Miyamoto. Again, he is a person in the business machine that is Nintendo. All of those people have had some sort of bad thing to say against them. It's at some degree that somebody has been fired under their watch that probably shouldn't have or there was some fucking game that should have been greenlit but didn't get it your precious franchise got stiffed because mm-hmm. they wanted the new smash brothers game who knows uh i i, I should find the links I've, I've watched lots of videos and and have actually read a lot of uh, articles on the bad parts of nintendo i i have no doubt that they they have done bad shit but as long as Miyamoto has been around, all that bad shit aside, he's always just pumped fun into Nintendo. He wants Nintendo to make things that people are going to have. A, it, it's it's like having the coolest fucking boss in the world and then in the background just having the fucking voice of Mario at all times. <laughs> I mean, that that's the energy that Nintendo puts out when they when they put out first party Mostly the all the first party titles, and I hope that whoever takes his spot fills his shoes with that enthusiasm, yeah. and it's not just a business mogul. Yeah, and because go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Talk- I was saying that if 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 it truly if we do take the question at its true core question and not the actual meaning that we meant, of course Nintendo is going to be around forever. Of course, Nintendo, Chris, you said it best earlier. They're going to mold and chameleon themselves to whatever the fuck happens. Mm -hmm. If the crash happens tomorrow and Nintendo says, you know what? We're done with the video game market. They're going to be on something else. They are going to continue their business. Nintendo is not going to cash a check in, folks. But 
I also feel that whoever is taking his Miyamoto spot, whoever mm-hmm. jumps into that sh- into that gunship, I have faith in most of the Nintendo leadership that I've seen today and hope that they will continue to push video games as the medium. Yeah. I would hope that they continue that. And I think as long as... I would say as long as the other gaming markets are there, and I mean, come on, folks, PC gaming ain't fucking going anywhere. <laughs> uh, this would be a probably a longer discussion on where we think gaming is going. Didn't we have a topic about that? Uh, uh, you guys had something similar. I think it was on yeah. the PC versus console episode. Yeah, I think yeah. that was the one that talked about it. Yeah, but we it would have to be. We, it, uh, that that is true though even if we haven't done one yet or we didn't talk about it at length yet that is actually a topic in and of itself like what do we think the future of gaming is going 3d mobile gaming tablets like foldable media all that shit i would hope i would think the only time nintendo would tap out is if all if there was a, either a crash or everybody else just just left the market mm-hmm. and that that's not going to happen. Gaming itself is going to advance, evolve, and 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 modulate or or transmute or something. Uh, there's going to be video gaming of some degree. I mean, come on, video gaming itself is not a thing that's going away, right? Uh, and I don't see yet. I'm not even looking at how much money Nintendo has in the bank compared to what they had or what profit they're running <laughs> on. I've heard I've heard all those rumors, you know, they could they could quit the the market today and still have like 40 billion dollars as a company. I I don't know all the facts and I haven't looked into it. I saw a thing earlier that said their stocks and I don't know, I think this was recent as of a few months ago, maybe sometime last year, but their stocks are still worth more than a hundred times their annual income. Yeah, and that's fucking crazy. Yeah, folks. that's ridiculous. I just don't see them pulling out of the market like, say, Sega did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even if they did, if for whatever reason that the mentality that I get from nintendo that i didn't get from sega or what i got from sega that sega kind of failed at is nintendo whether you guys and gals i understand if you think it's gimmicky i totally get it look at the wii u i totally understand look at the virtual boy i understand whether we as a western or they as an eastern audience take to a console or not or take to the to the the type of console gimmick for lack of a better word at, at the moment to me that's not where the heart of nintendo is their their failures are not the heart the heart is that they want to try something yeah we're living in an age where we're having we are thirsty and hungry for what the next video game thing is going to be a lot of people thought it was going to be, be the uh, virtual reality and augmented uh, reality. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, Chris, but for me, that shit hasn't really taken off. I don't... It, there's it's still, no, got a, still got a ways to go. There are a lot still, of cool things. Uh, I think right now, one of the biggest holdups is space requirements and price. Yeah. And I, I look at that, and me being a gamer... 
I, I love to see the VR and the and the AU stuff brought into my actual gaming franchises the, the, or the, to the games that I'm familiar with. I'm sure that'll maybe that'll be the kickoff point. But I see Sony getting to the Sony VR. I mm-hmm. see the VR thing being a uh, being a thing. Period. I don't see that for Nintendo. Nintendo just gave us a fucking video game standard console, and their gimmick, quote unquote, was you can take it anywhere. Yeah, that was their. Th- that's not really even innovation, folks. That's just mm-hmm. them saying, "Hey, we just made your gaming life a little better." Yeah, and I think this is part of you know. Nintendo, they, like I said, they go with what the market does, and they've seen the increase in mobile, which is something that they avoided for a very long time. Mm-hmm. You could not find anything Nintendo-related mobile other than, of course, the Game Boy and DS type stuff. Yeah, their, their, their systems. Sh- their stuff, yeah. yeah. But now they see mobiles blowing up, so hey, all of a sudden Nintendo's on mobile. <laughs> uh, so what I would like to see for Nintendo is going back to what they try what they tried to do with say the Wii and say even when the 64 came around, they had an analog stick Mm -hmm. and that was cool. That was, Hey, we're welcome to the 3d world. I don't know. This is, this is where I leave this to the hands of Nintendo. And maybe, maybe there are, maybe you guys and gals out there who are more innovative than I am, more imaginative than I am, or maybe more in the technological know that I am not. Maybe you have ideas other than 3d and, and augmented reality that you think gaming should try and implore. But if, but if I want anybody to do it, I want Nintendo to do it first. Because they've they've had a track record of of bringing when they bring their worlds and their franchises into the innovation, I, I've I've been all for it. Now, did they fail or succeed? That's be that's not my point. Mm-hmm. My point is that they said, okay, so you got Mario. How about we make him into a three D environment? Here's the sixty four. Here's Mario sixty four. And I'm like, yes. You know, here's now maybe the, with the motion controls, that's not for everybody. Yeah, I loved Mario Galaxy one and two. Do I think that was the pinnacle though? Eh, maybe not so much, but I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, the, now the gimmick on the Wii U being that we basically gave you another pad to play on. Eh, I don't. I feel that was more of like a Wii 2.0. I mean, a, a 1.5 than a whole different console. And they tried to push what they could, and you know they've kind of done the same thing with the Switch. You know they have the they have the Joy Cons, and they're mm-hmm. like, oh, but the Joy Cons have like four s- specific like motions. And I don't know if really that doesn't really. I don't the the selling point is not the fucking Joy Cons having wow. specific motion. It's the fact that you can play Breath of the Wild on your fifty five inch screen monitor. And go up. Oh, time to go somewhere and pick your fucking switch up and go. Yes, that that that's awesome. That is not so much gimmicky is a bad word. I really want to stop <laughs> using that. But that that's that is not what I'm looking for for the next console or mm-hmm. what I want for Nintendo. I like when Nintendo unveils something and go, oh, "This is the new thing we're trying. This is the new controller or the new type of console or the new." This is the new way that we are presenting Mario, Zelda, and Metroid to you, which that's a whole another topic, not a t- topic, but another strong a strength of Nintendo as a whole. The fucking franchises oh, yeah. that Nintendo has, people, are you fucking daft? 
They aren't going anywhere. <laughs> listen, listen to this small list that I'm about to tell you, okay? The Legend of Zelda, mm-hmm. Metroid, mm-hmm. Super Smash Brothers, Mario Kart, Star Fox, Fire Emblem, Pokemon, Kirby. Should I go on? Sure, why not? F-Zero, Donkey Kong, Animal Crossing, Mario Party, the Earthbound series, Golden Sun series, Kid Icarus, Pikmin, Pilot Wings, maybe not so much Pilot Wings, <laughs> but that the, just if you take you could take five of those franchises, folks, and they will stand up Nintendo. Nintendo can go here it is, and they're there. None of those are going anywhere, so that's not even the argument. None of those they're they're not going. All right, guys, we're retiring Kirby mm-hmm. because I don't know. He's too old. We're retiring the Super Smash Brothers because we said fuck you to the tournament bracket. <laughs> We're retiring Metroid because Samus is retiring from bounty hunting. None of these are going anywhere. These, when I see Legend of Zelda, and I'm not talking one for one reference, I'm just bringing back my my statement from, from the beginning of this whole thing. When I see Legend of Zelda, I see Aladdin. When I see Metroid, I see... Hercules. When I see Super Smash Brothers, I see Little Mermaid and so on and so forth. Disney has these fucking cores that they didn't even have to make sequels to it. For some reason they did, but they are known for this. When kids go into the Incredibles movie, they are in a world of joy and happiness and even sadness because there's story involved in it and and all these emotions. When people go into... Uh, it was Disney Pixar, yeah. Incredibles was Disney. Pixar. Oh, is Pixar combined with Disney now? I, I don't. The Incredibles is is a Disney property. Is it? Okay, much I do know. Okay, yeah, yeah. didn't know that. Well, I mean, even if when when kids go and watch Aladdin, mm-hmm. you know, they're. I mean, in, it doesn't take I, away from your point. I was just curious. Right, right, right. <laughs> so. You know, Disney was built on these franchises. It just so happened, Disney's, I guess it's kind of a, the, the off parallel reason or the off, the off arguments for this is that, you know, Disney made movies. They didn't have to make sequels to them. They just did. But the, the movies stand on their own. Mm-hmm. Nintendo has made game after game after game. I don't even know. I can't, I've lost count of how many Mario games there are. There are ways. Zelda yeah. has a shit ton of games. Metroid has a, a, a good handful. Star Fox mm-hmm. has a good hit. Kirby has a fuck ton of games. Oh, yes. Pokemon is a fucking worldwide phenomenon. When you fucking Pokemon Go, folks, remember that shit? Which, talking to you, the non-gamer, which I know it came and went, but that was a thing that captured the fucking world. I'm glad you brought week. that up because it's an interesting thing because Nintendo doesn't actually own the Pokemon franchise. The Pokemon company does, and Nintendo Nintendo has a share in them, but it's only like 30-something percent. Gotcha. So they, well, they actually released a press release after Pokemon Go caused their stocks to blow up like, 200% or something ridiculous like that that yeah. said hey we don't own Pokemon <laughs> we don't own Pokemon Go uh, I forgot about that story. so yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah and their stocks did plummet but they, I mean they still saw an increase uh, yeah. but that was good on them for doing that too you know they yeah. didn't just take advantage of it and let people figure it out slowly on their own it was a fairly quick press release after that happened mm-hmm. 
Zelda, Metroid, Smash Brothers, Mario Kart. I mean, I can just pick four mm-hmm. right there, and I built I built the the foundation for Mario to, to uh, I mean for Nintendo to stand on. Yeah. Uh, th- this company has it. It did a very very good job back in the day when the if, if, if a lot of people seem to forget. Okay, when the fucking video game crash happened, which if you don't know about the video game crash, I highly encourage you to go research this topic. Maybe go watch some videos about it if if you don't feel like reading. But the gist of it is the world was flooded with video games. There were seven million console types and 20 billion fucking video games and the whole market went and video games were pretty much on the verge of extinction. They were relegated almost only to arcades, and that's nothing compared to what it was having a an Amiga in your house or a 2600 Atari in your house or a ColecoVision. Like, that was done. They were like, ah, th- that was a point in the in the American history where the American nation as a whole said, all right, folks, video games are done. That was a good romp we had. It's a good time. Nintendo came in and said, we are going to salvage this. We, we are going to fix this. We are going to push. This is where a lot of that bad shit Nintendo did. To, 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 they basically fucking drew blood to make it happen. But by God, they did it. Mm-hmm. They put Nintendo consoles into people's houses. The newsflash, folks, this is going to blow your fucking minds. A lot of people like to joke about the Wii's like, oh, they were tailoring the Wii to the family. So oh, you got to see grandma's playing tennis. Motherfucker, when Nintendo came out, that's what they were doing back then. They wanted Nintendo, the, the NES to appeal to everybody. What does Famicom that's, stand for? The family I iconic shit it's just family computer <laughs> family computer i know yeah. <laughs> what is the nintendo entertainment system it's the nintendo entertainment system yeah now you parallel that with say the playstation 2 the playstation 2 said hey not only could you play playstation 2 games you can also play movies that was a great afterthought mm-hmm. nintendo didn't even do that when you got a nintendo entertainment system you just got a video game system the entertainment was that hey you can play mario but you can also have this zapper gun and let you shoot down ducks you can also have this pad that you run on and it makes you run over track like track meat you can have this robot that that moves around things in real life and in a video game. You have you can have these little paddles that let you control uh pillars that work up and down. We and we will give you family entertainment into your house with this console. Flash forward years down the road, hey, you can get your fucking grandpa in here to play a racing game. They've already done this, folks. Mm-hmm. Nintendo's job back in the day that they almost haven't went away from is we want to push gaming into the world we want people to walk around and know what gaming is do do everybody does everybody know about gaming yes is that all the way attributed to nintendo no but does everybody know about mario you better fucking believe they do but when you're non-gaming parents and this isn't so much the case now but you know and our earlier years, it was, oh, are you playing Nintendo? That didn't mean the NES or the Super yeah. Nintendo. That meant yep. any form of video games. That could be the Game Boy. Mm-hmm. That could be a Sega. That could be PlayStation. I think probably up to the PlayStation era, it was really dominant. Are you playing Nintendo? Yeah. That was any yeah. video game console you were playing because that's what they mm-hmm. knew. Everybody knew Nintendo. Yep. And that that's that's part of their staple. 
they have again just making some parallels just how nintendo uh disney has this fucking this this plant in the u.s they they are a they are a dominant figure i totally feel nintendo is that way too nintendo is a if nintendo is not a household name for some reason on the on the most ignorant but surface level knowledge people know who mario is I mean, they, they you you know what yeah. he re- if you don't know who he is. I mean, if you, you may not you may know what he is, but you may not know what all he represents. You may go, oh, you may just generally associate Mario video games, yeah. and that's where you stop. Exactly, you may not know but, about stars or anything like that, but you know Mario. Yeah. So, yeah, that uh, again, like I said, I know this is a lot of gushing, uh, and I get that. All I'm saying is, is that I, I, I'm sure if I sat down and gen, genuinely analyzed all the consoles and most, if not all, their core franchise games, yes, folks, I can put together a list of games that I didn't like. I can put together some reasons why I did, or did or did not think a console worked, uh, or why I, I think a console is bad or good, but. Do I feel that 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 Nintendo as a video game company is going like to the wayside? Do I number one? Do I think that they're gonna s- just stop doing uh, consoles altogether? I'll tell you this: I hope they don't, because as gimmicky as shit is getting, my God, even with this fucking Labo shit they're bringing <laughs> out, that there, there's a lot of there's a lot of shit I have to say about the Labo. That's yeah. But that that's not a that's not a console. Mm-hmm. That's not this you know the thing after the Switch. That's not the tenth generation yeah, console. Here, here's my thing on that. Will they stop making consoles? They may stop making traditional consoles, but a handheld I can absolutely see them sticking onto. And I think the Switch may be that transition point for them. Even this may yeah. be the predecessor for a. We're not doing DSs anymore. You have a console that you can drop in your docking station or play on the go. And this is your handheld Nintendo system. And there's no more two different systems for them. They just combine handhelds and consoles into one, which, like I said, the Switch essentially is doing. They just need to bring the games over that they are, you know, handheld only series or uh, franchises. And they've accomplished that. That's their core audience are handheld gamers. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, you said all the numbers earlier. It's ridiculous how much higher those numbers are. Yeah. And the the thing that goes on the handheld consoles is all are all the franchises mm-hmm. Nintendo has made and built up and have made household names over the years. I I can step above my fucking crown and go, yeah, I get that everybody knows about Nintendo. Maybe not everybody knows about Link. You know, maybe not everybody knows about Kirby. Maybe not everybody knows about Star Fox. I get that. I get that Mario is the one. Mario (laughs) is the poster boy. I get that. But those other ones in the gaming world, folks, are huge. And they are not dropping. I'm going to tell you right now, as a grown fucking man, 10 years from now, 
gaming crash happens, whatever, or Nintendo makes me a bold-faced liar and says, we're cashing our chips in, <laughs> and they make a video showing Nintendo walking out of some imaginary house with Mario's hat in his hand, and they close the door, and they say, Nintendo's done, I will literally shed tears that day. Because <laughs> the gaming world does not know what the fuck they would be missing when Mario's gone. Now, I... I also understand that there are critics out there. I understand that guys and gals out there in our own audience may be like, "Man, look, a lot of these con- a lot of these franchises are played out. I'm sure that people can tear apart games. I can tear apart a game. I can be critical and analytical about a game. All I'm telling you is that most of the time when I pick up a Mario game, I feel like a kid who's going into a movie and seeing a new Disney movie." Like I get that level of I'm safe here. I'm going to have when I picked, I used to treat the Nintendo seal for what it was back in the day. The Nintendo seal ain't around anymore, folks. You just get what you get. But I know when I pick up a Mario game, it's not going to be some three out of 10 game. (laughs) I'm not, this is not going to be mass effect Andromeda. Okay. This is not going to be, I hope I have a good time. I'm going to at least have a good time. When I played Mario for the Switch, I had a little bit better than a good... I have right around a great time. When I played Galaxy 1 and Galaxy 2, fucking, oh yeah, great time. Mario World, oh fuck yeah, great time. Mario 3, fucking game, fucking 10 out of 10 Mario game can't be top time. I, I get that from Nintendo games. And I hope that they keep producing that. I hope that they keep bringing that to me. And until they start shitting me bomb after bomb after bomb, I'm not going to be overly fucking critical of them. Like, I'm not just going to shit on every... I haven't played, like, uh, here's an example. Mm -hmm. The Star Fox Zero for the Switch has got a lot of bad criticism. And I can even I even seen videos that made me understand before I have even played this game of why it would be bad. I'm not a fan of motion controls. Uh I didn't really there's not really motion controls in Mario Galaxy. I mean, I guess you can use your Wiimote to collect stars, but that's uh star bits, but that's not you don't have to control yeah. everything in Mario Galaxy with motion control. Apparently, in Star Fox 0 There is a shit ton. Mm -hmm. Like, it's almost mandatory. That that kind of shit I don't need. That that shit I don't look forward to. Um, I, you know, hey, cool, you guys tried this, but you tried it and then you forced it. But that's, that's, that's one Star Fox game for me. There's Star Fox 1. Now there's Star Fox 2. Hey, they fucking did everybody a favor with that one. There's Star Fox 64. There's Star Fox 64 3D if I want. There's Assault. There's the fucking adventure game, I guess, if you want to. <laughs> and that's fucking Star Fox, okay? That's that's like a two or three down the Nintendo notch game. Yeah. You know, it, not talking about like fucking Mario, which is hit, 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 mm-hmm. five out of five, hit, hit, uh, kind of okay, hit, 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 you know? And and here's the thing with them, you know, say so they do put out a bad game. So what? The, or even, you know, like the bad consoles, they learn. They mm-hmm. improve. It's not going to be hit after hit for every franchise. They're going to, they love experimenting. They love expanding. They love yeah. adding new things. And they're not afraid to try it. If it doesn't work, oh, well, we'll fix it next time. You know, we'll try something different. And that's just, likely I mean, to be another good hit. 
You know, guys, we have been through the. And granted, it wasn't like a flagpole console. Nintendo has already suffered the Virtual Boy fate. Okay, they've already released something, promoted it just as much as they wanted to, mm-hmm. just as much as they felt they needed to, and pushed it out there. And the audience went, "No, no, we don't want this." <laughs> Well, guess what? They developed a fucking Wii and put it out there, and the world said, yes, give me more. As in you, the gamer, were like, okay, I guess this is cool. And the six non-gamers on the bus with you went, hey, man, I'm going to go get me a Wii today. And you're like, what the fuck? You don't even know what Sweet Golden <laughs> 2 is. Shut the fuck up. You've never even played GoldenEye 64. Get out of my face, man. I'm getting me a Wii today. I want that fucking... I want that motion board that has the fucking the balancing the on Wii it. Fit. Cool. Yeah, I want to play Wii Fit, and you're like, shut up. You don't. You've never played as the fucking. Oh man, I'm so mad. <laughs> you don't even know who Alucard is, do you? Bet you don't even. You've never heard of Rico Rodriguez, have you? <laughs> so yeah, Nintendo has, whether advertently or inadvertently, put gaming on the map. It, a couple times in their mm-hmm. career. They don't have to reach that pinnacle, but I like the fact that they try. I like that they bring something out, and yeah, if it fails, well, hey guys, it failed. They'll learn, and they'll either do better, or they'll do something different, mm-hmm. and I need that. When you look at a PlayStation 1, and I'm told this is not Sony bashing, I'm a fucking unilateral gamer. When you look at the PlayStation 1, disc-based console, a lot of good games, PlayStation 2, disc-based console, a lot of good games. Had some dual shock to it. That was cool. PlayStation 3, same principle, same controller setup. I think there was a... No, I think the bar didn't come till PlayStation 4. PlayStation 4 comes out, disc-based console, and there's like a fucking menu thing on your, on your PlayStation 4 uh, controller. Yeah. Cool. I mean, that's it. Look at the progression of Nintendo. Nintendo made the fucking controller that was was way different and innovative. <laughs> then they added more buttons to the that controller. Then they added 3D to the controller. Skip a generation. They added the the fucking pointer, the Wii the Wii pointer. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're only nine ish generations into this gaming world anyway, folks. I'm hoping it's around till 20, and I'm hoping Nintendo is there all the fucking way. I hope that they adapt. I hope that they go with the gaming market as a whole, whatever that morphs into or mutates into. But predominantly, I hope that they reach out and try things. As long as my key people is there, as long as Link is there, as long as Mario's there and Kirby and Star Fox and Donkey Kong and all these people that I know of are there, I'll be with them. I, I, I mean, they've got that credit with me. I don't know. I wish I knew a better way to say it, but mm-hmm. I'm, I trust Nintendo to, with a lot. <laughs> yep. So I guess that's our collective answer, Chris. Is Nintendo dying? No. Nope. And if we're being super analytical to the question, is Nintendo as a company dying? There's no fucking way. That's that yeah. that wasn't even really the question we asked. As as uh, Chris said, these guys have been around since 200 BC, folks. They're not going anywhere. <laughs> they, as a company, from a business standpoint, with board leaders and all this shit, are going to go. What no matter what it is, keep this company afloat, and they will. They've shown that they have. Nintendo as a video game company, no, folks, they're not dying. 
we'd have to say what dying is anyway, but do I see them getting out of the console market? No. And do I see them dropping their core tranche? No, fuck no. That would be utterly crazy. Mm-hmm. Literally die inside. The, the child in me would be like, that's it. That's fucking it. I have nowhere else to turn. Or am I going to turn to fucking Crash Bandicoot? <laughs> Where am I going to turn? Where am I going to go to? Sonic? Oh, no. <laughs> uh, that's a conversation. I guess I could turn on. to Crash Bandicoot. He's, he's, he's pretty cool. Yeah. But I'm sorry, Crash. You're you're not Mario. No. <laughs> so. Well, what do you think, guys and gals? What, what, what do you think about Nintendo as a company today? Uh, now, granted, we're in the we're in the generation of the Switch, so you may or may not have one. You know, what was the last console of Nintendo you got? Were you impressed? Were you not impressed? Uh, what 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 key franchises about that Nintendo has do do you like? What ones do you follow the most? What ones are your cherished ones? What do you feel about Nintendo? as a gaming company as a whole, where do you think that they fit today in the gaming market? Do you think that they're holding their own? Do you think they're doing fine? That's kind of something else I didn't even talk about, Chris, but it's another thing that Nintendo kind of gets bashed for is that Mm -hmm. they're either late to the game or early to the game, or they just beat their own drum. And I'm like, I don't care. They can do whatever. It's just stop making consoles a race in my opinion. But you know, where do do you, what, what do you feel? about nintendo are you a nintendo gamer are you a fanboy do do you just not like nintendo if not if you don't then then why just what do you how what are your collective thoughts on nintendo in the video game world today uh we'll take all your feedback this is definitely a topic we'd love to talk about and we love to talk about any topics anything we talked about today do you have some persona 5 input you want to talk about uh spoiler free mind you don't ruin it for us or other people please you can contact us on facebook that might be how you found this podcast episode today we have a facebook page just search for the end of time cast you can send us a a direct message you can leave a comment on one of on our page on one of the episodes if you want to talk about something specific on an episode you can send us an email at endoftimecast at gmail.com. That's endoftimecast at gmail.com. No funny numbers in there. Just spell it as you heard it. We still have a Twitter page that has zero activity. So we'd love to get our, our, our <laughs> cherry popped for getting twitted on. God, that didn't sound any kind of right. That's probably why nobody does this. I'm not fucking twitting on these guys. Uh... Yeah, in general, we love to hear feedback from anybody and everybody about anything, this topic, another topic, whatever you want to talk about. Almost guaranteed at this point right now in the early stages, you're probably going to get uh, a shout out or discussed on the on an actual episode. But that's going to do it for the night. So until the next episode, I'm Michael. I'm Chris. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>